Go Entertainment Commission. My name is Ben Blyman and I am the commission's vice president. We will start with announcements. We would like to start the meeting with a land acknowledgement. We, the San Francisco Entertainment Commission, acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. This meeting is being held in hybrid format with the meeting occurring in person in City Hall Room 416, broadcast live on SFGov TV and available on view on Zoom or listened to by calling 1-669-900-6833 using meeting ID 896-4168-4613. We welcome the public's participation during public comment periods. While there will be an opportunity for general public comment at the beginning of the meeting, and there will be an opportunity to comment on each discussion or, dis or action item on the agenda. Each comment is limited to three minutes. For those attending remotely, the commission will hear up to 20 minutes of remote public comment total for each agenda item. Because of the 20 minute time limit, it is possible that not every person in the queue will have an opportunity to provide remote public comment. Remote public comment from people who have received an accommodation due to disability will not count towards the 20 minute limit. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call-in. For each item, the commission will take public comment first from people attending the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. For those attending in person, please fill out a speaker card located at the side table or podium, come up to the podium during public comment, state your name, any affiliations, and then your comment. You will have three minutes. Once finished, please hand your speaker card to the commission staff staff behind the podium. If using Zoom platform to speak, select the raise hand option when it's time for public comment. If calling by phone, dial star nine to be added to the speaker line when your item of interest comes up. When you are asked to speak, you unmute yourself by hitting star six. Please call from a quiet location, speak clearly and slowly, and turn down your television or radio. If you are also viewing the meeting on SFGov TV, be sure to mute it before speaking during public comment. Alternatively, while we recommend that you use Zoom audio or telephone for public comment, you may submit a written public comment through the chat function on Zoom. Please note that the commissioners and staff are not allowed to respond to comments or questions during public comment. Thank you to SFGov TV and Media Services for sharing this meeting with the public. Thank you very much. Uh, let's start with a roll call. Uh, Vice President Blyman? Here. Commissioner Thomas? Here. Commissioner Torres? Present. And Commissioner Wong? Here. Commissioner President Camino will be here shortly. The and, next oh, I'm sorry, and yeah, um, Commissioners Falzon and Perez are excused. The next agenda item is number two, which is general public comment. Do we have anybody who would like to make any comments for items that are not on tonight's agenda? Everyone's already, uh... No? Okay, no public comment for this item. All right, we'll close public comment and we'll move on to number three, which is approval of the minutes for August 15, 2023 commission meeting. Do we have a motion to approve the minutes for August 15, 2023? So moved. Is there a second? Second. Is there any public comment on our meeting minutes from that date? 
no public comment for this item. All right, we'll close public comment and we can have a vote. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. All right, the meeting minutes have been approved. The next agenda item is number four, which is a report from Executive Director Wyland. Good evening, Vice President Blyman. Good evening, Commissioners. Good to see you all this evening. If we have a full crowd, uh, we have a very lengthy agenda tonight, but I will keep my uh, director's report as brief as possible. I just have two updates for you all this evening. Um, you may have seen in some of our communications, uh, both internally as well as to our external stakeholders via our newsletter mailing list, that we are anticipating APEC coming to San Francisco in November. Um, this is the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation, and they'll be coming to San Francisco from November 12th to the 17th. Uh, we're really looking forward to their visit. This will be 21 uh, heads of state and their economies, uh, their staffs that are coming to San Francisco. Uh, we'll have many delegates here attending events that week. Uh, we're also anticipating between 800 and 1,000 CEOs uh, coming to San Francisco as a part of these events. Um, our role as uh, an Entertainment Commission staff uh, with support from commissioners who have actually been invited by Mayor Breed to be a part of our advisory committee is to convene leaders in the nightlife and entertainment uh, industry here in San Francisco to help prepare for this week. Um, this is an opportunity for San Francisco to really show the world what we're made of and how incredible of a city we are. Um, also to try to reverse some of the uh, narrative that's really out there right now about our city that's negative. Um, this is a way in which our small businesses can engage with the delegation that's coming and uh, we know how to shine. You know, we just had Dreamforce here um, and and I think we're, we're getting prepared as best as we can. Uh, we are anticipating the President of the United States coming, along with the Vice President and uh, First Lady, um, along with um, many other very important people. And so this is a very big deal. Uh, we will be reaching out to our broader community of stakeholders uh, via our newsletter as we continue forward to prepare. Uh, we're encouraging all of our businesses to um, activate and um, have events as per usual and let us know what they're planning because we are uh, promoting everything that's going on that week um, on the APEC website. Um, and for any businesses that want to um, reach out to the APEC uh, committee and pitch their venue for potential events, um, they can do that via the website. So we'll provide all of that information to our stakeholders. And again, really looking forward to this week going off without a hitch. Um, if you have any questions about that, please let me know. Um, beyond that, I just wanted to flag for you that I sent a memo to all of you regarding a piece of legislation that we have moving forward right now. Uh, and I will get into that a little bit more during Ben Van Houten's item. So I'll put a hold on that. Uh, but I did include the memo in uh, your binders for reference. So let me know if you have any questions. Is there any public comment on the director's report? No public comment on this item. All right, we'll close public comment and we can move on to number five, which is this report from our senior inspector. Thank you, Vice President Blyman. 
Good evening, Commissioners. We have received 188 311 complaints since our last Commission hearing on August 15th. I have many updates below. But please let me know if you have any questions. My first update is about Halcyon, located at 314 11th Street. Halcyon holds a POE and an EHP with our office. As conditioned in their permit, Halcyon is to send their monthly calendar of events to us, SFPD Southern Station, and any interested neighbors at the beginning of each month. On August 20th, we received an email complaint from a neighbor stating they hadn't received Halcyon's calendar of events for the month. We issued a notice of violation for not adhering to this permit condition and reminded the owner to send the calendar at the start of each month. Our next update is on American Bites, located at 478 Green Street. On Sunday, August 20th at 5.20 p.m., Inspector Zelenak visited in response to a 311 complaint. When she arrived, she observed a three-piece band setting up to perform inside the restaurant. Inspector Zelenak informed management of the need to obtain a permit to host indoor entertainment. Management explained that they knew and they were look working with a lawyer to get the paperwork for a brick and mortar permit to the EC. An NOV was issued on August 22nd for hosting indoor entertainment without a permit. Following the incident, one of the owners dropped off an LLP permit application to, or in person to the EC office. However, it was an outdated application. Deputy Director Azevedo emailed the owner to let them know about the application process and has not heard back yet. We've been in touch with this business numerous times over the last few years regarding permitting and they were well aware of the requirements. We hope to see them come into compliance soon. My next update is about Arepas, located at 3198 16th Street, holds an LLP with our office. I visited Arepas on September 8th at 10.15 p.m. in response to an email complaint we received. Upon arrival, I observed a salsa band performing with the front doors to the business open. I also noted that the sound curtains were not drawn over the windows. I spoke with the manager, Danielle, about the complaint and reminded him about keeping the door closed during entertainment per the good neighbor policy and having the sound curtains closed. I took a sound measurement which showed the band to be operating at 92.1 dBA and 100.6 dBC. However, the approved sound limit is 86 dBA and 91 dBC. I was unable to work with Danielle to bring the volume of the band into compliance because it was their last song, but I reminded him that they must always have their doors closed and sound curtains drawn during entertainment. Arepas received an NOV for violating their approved sound permit, or sorry, sound limit, and for having their doors open during entertainment. My next update is about Trinity Irish Bar and Restaurant, located at 1851 Union Street. Trinity, Trinity conditionally granted, or tradition, uh, Trinity was conditionally granted an LLP at our hearing on August 15th, but the permit has not been issued yet, as we're still working on correcting their door situation with SF Fire. On Saturday, September 9th at 5.50 p.m., Inspector Zelenak responded to multiple 311 complaints about excessive noise at Trinity. When she arrived, she heard loud music and went upstairs to the private event area and observed a DJ performing for a party. She spoke with one of the owners who claimed that the DJ wasn't a DJ and that because it was a private event, he did not have any control over the music they played. As part of her report, Inspector Zelenak included photos which proved that there was, in fact, a DJ. 
As mentioned, they do not have a permit to host entertainment at this time. And additionally, Inspector Zelenak's photo showed that the private space hosting the event includes an open-air patio. When the doors are open, which they were during this event, the upstairs area essentially turns into a rooftop patio with outdoor amplified sound. This was not considered nor approved as part of Trinity's LLP permit application. Further, during intake meetings and then the hearing, the owners indicated that the upstairs private event area would be used for low-key entertainment events such as performance on their baby grand piano. This was even restated to me personally when I went to set a settlement for their downstairs bar. Inspector Zelenak returned later that night at 10.30 p.m. due to another 311 complaint. Although there was no entertainment at this time, she had rather she had a rather unpleasant and unprofessional conversation with one of the owners. This was the third time the businesses operated entertainment without a permit, and they were issued a citation for $300 for this violation. My next update is on SVN West, located at 10 South Van Ness. SVN West holds an LLP permit with our office for indoor and outdoor entertainment. On Sunday, September 3rd at 7 p.m., Inspector Zelenak responded to two 311 complaints stating excessive noise. Upon arrival, she observed an outdoor rooftop activation. Sound measurement showed SVN West to be operating at 86.6 dBA and 107.9 dBC, which is 4 dBA and nearly 10 dBC above the approved special event limit, which is 82 dBA and 98 dBC. When working with the sound engineer, Inspector Zelenak was able to bring the DBC into compliance. SVN West was issued a citation on September 5th for violating their sound limit. On Saturday, September 9th at 7.09 p.m., Inspector Zelenak responded to a 311 complaint stating excessive noise. Upon arrival, she observed another rooftop party. A sound measurement showed SVN West to again be operating above their allowable limit. Inspector Zelenak was able to work with their sound engineer to bring the volume into compliance. SVN West was issued another citation on September 12th for this violation. EC staff have been in contact with neighbors who have emailed, called, and lodged 311 complaints. Since these two citations were issued, Deputy Director and I met with the SVN West team and had a very productive conversation. They understand the ramifications of violating their permit, and they have since been put in touch with the complainant and their property manager. We will continue to monitor this venue as needed. My next update is about Neck of the Woods, located at 406 Clement Street. Neck of the Woods holds a POE with our office. On Friday, September 1st at 9.15 p.m., Inspector Fiorentino responded to a 311 complaint stating excessive noise. Upon his arrival, he observed both of the front doors propped open while live entertainment was in progress both upstairs and downstairs. Inspector Fiorentino took sound measurements that showed both performances to be in violation of their respective sound limits. Lastly, when F Inspector Fiorentino spoke with their on-site manager, he was unaware of the sound limit on their permit. Inspector Fiorentino gave the manager an opportunity to rectify the issues, and when he returned 10 minutes later, both front doors were closed, and two new sound measurements showed the levels to be within compliance. However, later that night at 11.20 p.m., Inspector Fiorentino returned due to another 311 complaint. Upon arrival, both front doors were propped open again while the manager was sitting at the entrance. Another sound measurement showed the, ups showed the downstairs entertainment to be operating out of compliance. 
As a reminder, Inspector Fiorentino worked with the manager to rectify these same violations just two, or two hours earlier. He worked with the manager again to bring the volume of the downstairs performance into compliance as well. The next night on Saturday, September 2nd at 9.45 p.m., Inspector Fiorentino responded to another 311 complaint at Neck of the Woods. Upon arrival, both doors were open again, and despite the music levels being compliant, the upstairs sound curtains were not being used and a small window was found open. Due to these violations of the good neighbor policy, number one and number seven, for violating the sound limit, Neck of the Woods was issued a citation on September 5th. Inspector Fiorentino reported that during his second visit on Friday, uh, September 1st, the manager stated that the doors were open so that the upstairs band could load out. EC staff gave management recommendations on how to mitigate this issue to comply with the good neighbor policy. Management was also reminded that the best way to mitigate sound leakage is to use their sound curtains during all upstairs performances and to keep their doors and windows closed as stated on their permit conditions. That's all for my updates. Uh, I'd like to send it over to Deputy Director for some more updates. Thank you. Thanks, Senior Inspector. Good evening, Commissioners. Um, I have a refresher that I'm going to give you regarding Stratos and their recent enforcement history. So from July 1st, which was the Saturday during the 72-hour suspension for public safety that was issued after the June 10th shooting to today, EC inspectors have conducted 10 security compliance checks at the venue. Of the 10 inspections, Stratos was found in violation of their permit conditions three times. The first was on July 1st for security not wearing easily identifiable clothing, not having a female security guard on site, not using the metal detector wand, and only half of their security guards having guard cards. The second violation was observed on August 5th when not all of their security could furnish active guard cards. And the most recent violation occurred on Saturday, September 2nd when not all patrons were being wanded upon entering the venue. Stratos received three citations for the violations listed above and all three of these citations have been paid. As you know, there is a separate item on our agenda this evening regarding Stratos where you will hear from staff and the permit holder. So we can discuss this venue in depth at that time. However, I just wanted to make you aware in particular of the third violation and subsequent citation issued to Stratos in this past month during the, the period between our last hearing on August 15th, when we were originally set to hold the revocation hearing for this venue's place of entertainment permit and this evening, which is our rescheduled hearing date. Thank you. Anyone want to go first? Commissioner Thomas? Sure, I will. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. This is a kind of a discouraging report. Um, first of all, I want to say I appreciate the Entertainment Commission staff who are dealing with being lied to and having unprofessional interactions uh, with folks. That's, I'm sorry that you're all having to deal with that. I know it's your job, and nonetheless, it's particularly frustrating um, to hear this about Trinity since they were just in front of us last meeting. Uh, it's really discouraging and makes me reconsider <laughs> what we were, everything that they said to us. So, um, and SVN West, I'm unsurprised. This seems to be just a pattern with them of, you know, rooftops in general, but SVN in particular, um, of going over their limits and then um, 
Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you had a very productive conversation with them um, because it does feel like it's just a pattern with them where they just ignore it and the neighbors complain and then they deal with the citation and nothing changes. So uh, did you feel like that productive conversation was gonna lead to some different behavior in the future? I do personally um, in dealing with the permitting process not to discredit anyone on their team but um, I dealt with venue management and in this meeting it was actually the owner of the business and so I do feel like having that conversation including the team as well um, was in in fact quite um, productive and we I feel, feel like really addressed the issue especially because we have specifically identified the complainant who gave consent to share their contact information. So they are now looped in directly with the ownership team as is their entire property manager. So it, it's a different apartment complex that was not initially, um, did not initially express any concern with their permit. Yeah. But they kind of just came online recently. Yeah, I mean, given the amount of new construction and new buildings right around there, and I know that that building itself will, <laughs> Um, at some point turn into um, another apartment building too. But in the meantime, given the rate at which housing is going up there, I'm not surprised. Well, thank you. I, mostly, I just wanna say, I appreciate the staff for having to deal with all of this on our behalf. Thank you. More comments? Um, I just had a couple of things. So, it's, I, I think what we're seeing now is, you know, people, first of all, on the, the neighbor side, people got used to a certain degree of quiet during COVID and um, that's not the case anymore. And I think people kind of reset in many cases, their expectancy about quiet enjoyment and didn't realize that well, how things were before that. Uh, on the other side, I think we're seeing um, uh, small businesses in general and nightlife, uh, they're struggling in many cases. And I think there's a lack of trust in the city that uh, has not this commission or this department's um, fault, but um, with break-ins and uh, incidents and lack of feelings of safety and cleanliness, I think some people are kind of, they seem to be acting out. That, that's not to excuse their behavior, that's just to kind of say that's the reality we live in now. Um, but I do think that a couple of these may have risen to the level of calling them in here. Um, certainly Trinity, which I'm sure, and you can correct me, but if, if their uh, open air patio wasn't clearly uh, denoted when we approved their LLP. It was not. It was not. So um, that's going to have to be rectified uh, somehow. And so I, I think they, that would deem calling them back in here certainly after uh their behavior and how they treated our staff as well just to make sure they understand that i mean they were just in here too i mean that was just like a month ago so um if they're so quickly um resorting to out of compliant behavior after promising us earnestly that they would not i think we should call them back here um and then on i'm wondering about neck of the woods do we uh, and I would defer to staff. D do you think they have risen to the level of bringing them in here, or do you want to take your shot at trying to handle it administratively or with them? The owner does seem to have really great intentions of being a good neighbor, and um, there was a call out to him. He called us after the citation. There was a call back. I actually have an email since we've been sitting here from the owner, so I think that we can 
attempt to rectify it together. They already have pretty significant sound attenuation in place. They just need to use it. Yeah, and I think just for me, you know, it, it, clearly we couldn't have been more straightforward on what needed to happen and literally three hours later or whatever, they stopped doing what we were asking them to do. So if that behavior continues, then I think we need to possibly recondition them or bring them back in here to have a conversation about it, et cetera. So I would just like to put that out there for a staff request from the staff. All right, any further comments? Any public comment on these agenda items? Or these, this agenda item? No public comment for this item. All right, we'll close public comment and we will move on to number six, which is an update from everyone's favorite bureaucrat, Mr. Ben Van Houten. Technocrat? Technocrat. <laughs> Um, thank you, and uh, good evening, commissioners. Um, it's uh, been a little while, so I have a lengthy update on a variety of state and local uh, developments. I will try to uh, keep it brief, but happy to answer any questions on any of this material. And also, Director Weiland is going to be joining me as we walk through um, some police code reform legislation that we're going to be presenting tonight. Uh, the state legislative session ended last week. So bills either needed to be through the legislature or they are done for the year. Um, bills that did make it through are now on the governor's desk for, um, for, for up to uh, 30 days. So we're going to see some action on the bills that were sent to the governor's desk, including SB 76. That is a bill that the uh, city has supported to allow local governments to create entertainment zones for uh, shared outdoor alcohol consumption, uh, to go alcohol from restaurants and bars within a zone, as well as doing some uh, technical fixes to the music venue liquor licenses that were adopted uh, in SB 793 last year, the type 90 music venue licenses that some San Francisco businesses have already uh, started uh, applying for and received. Um, some recent amendments late in the legislative session around SB 76 limited the bill to San Francisco, so no other uh, city in California will be able to create an entertainment zone um, yet, and entertainment zones themselves were limited to only operating in conjunction with uh, special events permitted by ABC. So the, there was some concern at the committee level around uh, creating a bourbon street in, uh, in local communities, so these... These amendments do limit the, uh, the the role of entertainment zones, but certainly there's still opportunity to create these zones through a public process and the adoption of an ordinance uh, or ordinances uh, next year uh, if this bill becomes law. Um, another bill sent to the governor's desk was AB 374. That's Assemblymember Haney's bill around uh, uh, cannabis cafes, which is to say allowing dispensaries to sell non-prepackaged food and drinks, as well as tickets to entertainment events at uh, dispensaries. Um, if signed into law, that bill would also require a local implementation process. Few other pieces of legislation uh, that have been sent to the governor that we've been tracking. Um, AB 1217 would extend ABC's uh, temporary pandemic outdoor alcohol service program, the COVID-19 temporary catering authorization permits uh, through to July 1st, 2026. Um, as the law currently functions, those pandemic 
authorizations would expire early next year unless businesses are moving forward to permanently license those parklets and other outdoor spaces as part of their liquor license. Uh, this bill would extend the, the temporary program until uh, July, uh, several years down the line. And then AB 1013 would require bars, which is to say type 48 liquor licensees, to have drink spiking test kits available for sale uh, to patrons. Several bills we're tracking uh, did not move forward this year. AB 24, Assemblymember Haney's uh, opioid antagonist kit bill that I know we talked about a, a couple of times at, at, at past hearings. Um, AB 441, the uh, food permitting for night markets, which is a re really interesting uh, proposal to uh, streamline uh, food permitting for, uh, for recurring night market activities. And then uh, SB 495, which was um, the latest version of, I think, what legislation that's happened a couple of years now in a row around uh, to-go and delivery of mixed drinks, expanding it to bars, expanding the to-go mixed drinks uh, sale to, uh, to delivery, to include delivery as well. Um, so that's, that's just a quick overview of where things are in the state. I'm now going to invite Director Weiland up to uh, start the presentation on police code reform legislation, and I'll be back uh, soon. Thank you to my colleague, Ben Van Houten. I must lower the microphone because of his uh, height. He's a very tall fellow. Um, so thank you all for having me on the other side of the podium this evening. We just wanted to update all of you in regards to some legislation that we have pending right now that would um, reform police code. Um, so just some background on this item. This was introduced by the mayor um, at the end of July. Um, and this really emerged from conversations coming out of this body, um, whether it be at our annual retreats, at our summits, uh, via our annual survey, um, hearing from our business owners when we uh, sit down with them and provide technical assistance. Um, and this was created in tandem with the Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Um, so essentially, we're just trying to continue to improve our customer service experience for all of our permit holders, continue to simplify business, business processes, and streamline our permit application system as best as we can. <coughs> Um, so this would essentially implement a variety of streamlining measures. Uh, one that I would like to call out that Ben will be going over is really in, in anticipation of moving away from the JAM permit program and making sure that all of the businesses that are eligible to move forward in a, a, temp or in a permanent shared space location uh, will have their permit application and license fees waived as a part of that process to encourage small businesses to come into compliance and to continue to host the outdoor activity that we have um, become so used to um, in San Francisco and that really encourages uh, the cultural experience for all of our residents and visitors alike. Um, so another thing just to note to all of you, we believe that this legislation really is complementary to a piece of legislation that's concurrently making its way through the process at the Board of Supervisors, um, and this is coming out of the Office of Small Business, so it's further streamlining legislation in support of small business, but it's really tackling it from the lens of planning code. Um, so the two really go uh, very, very well together. Um, I know that Ben has 
has previously presented on um, some of the code changes anticipated from that planning code uh, piece of legislation. I'm sure he could speak more to that at a later date or off the cuff tonight if needed. Um, just wanted to let you all know too that we did um, present to the, the Small Business Commission last week about our piece of legislation and they supported us wholeheartedly um, and wanted to relay to all of you that they're very happy to be partnering with our commission on these pieces of legislation in support of small business. Um, so just a next step for us, uh, we are after this hearing tonight with your support, we will be going to budget and finance committee and we'll let you know what the date of that anticipated hearing is. Uh, I'll pass it back to Ben to kick us off with some of the reforms. Great, thank you, Director. Uh, the first set of reforms in this proposed legislation is, as uh, Maggie had mentioned, around fee waivers and also uh, some work around uh, supporting outdoor activities. Um, this legislation would enable the commission to waive entertainment permit application fees as well as initial license fees for businesses that are moving or will move from a Just Add Music pandemic permit uh, that, that want to continue offering outdoor entertainment or amplified sound through a brick and mortar permit from the Entertainment Commission. Um, mechanically, the this legislation would allow the waiver to happen, and there is uh, money from OEWD to actually uh, uh, reimburse the department for those waivers. Um, so, so that's that is how that would work. Um, additionally, there the legislation would allow the commission to waive uh, application and license fees where there has been a zoning change that newly allows businesses to apply for entertainment permits. So new businesses that apply for an entertainment permit can take advantage of the first year free program, but for existing businesses that after several years in operation can only now apply for an entertainment permit uh, due to a recent zoning change, uh, this legislation would also enable the waiver of those fees for those businesses as well. Uh, final item on this slide, uh, this legislation would amend uh, the police code definition of a limited live performance locale. There's some language around the outdoor areas that are permissible under a limited live performance permit. Uh, there's some reference to surrounded an outdoor area surrounded by enclosed buildings. We know there are a variety of open air and other uh, areas that uh, where people would like to have a limited live performance permit at a uh, at an outdoor plaza or food truck park or uh, other locations. So this uh, change would uh, make that feasible. Uh, we also hope to streamline referrals and other requirements as part of a variety of uh, entertainment permitting processes. Uh, this legislation proposes to remove referral of place of entertainment permit applications to the Department of Building Inspection, where a premises has held a place of entertainment permit within the past year. So again, helping to support the continued operation of our existing venues uh, by removing a unnecessary uh, and referral that includes a cost and time cost as well. Similarly, for uh, fixed place amplified sound permits, the code requires that those be referred to the Department of Public Health, and we are proposing to remove that referral in this legislation. Uh, for both of these proposed referral removals, we have engaged with both of the departments, and they're both supportive of, of, of these measures. 
Uh, additionally, the legislation would remove the mandatory hearing requirement for a billiard parlor permit uh, to save time for businesses seeking these permits. Uh, it would not prevent the commission from uh, pulling a uh, billiard parlor permit to a hearing uh, if there is a, a history, a document history of incidents at that location, uh, a hearing is still definitely on the table. And finally, uh, on this slide, this legislation would remove outdated and unnecessary operating standards around uh, arcade permits. There were some very specific staffing and infrastructure elements in the code that were uh, outdated and are no longer needed. Back to Director Weiland. This is fun. <laughs> All right, so uh, just continuing on with the slides. Um, so just to end it off here around this piece of uh, legislation, uh, we will also be removing the requirement for permit applicants to provide criminal history information to us as a part of the application process. And I think this is all likely known to all of you, the thinking behind this, but collecting conviction history uh, at the civilian level through our department is really unnecessary since the police department is able to conduct secure background checks um, on applicants while also protecting applicant privacy um, as we refer them to the police department as a part of this process. Um, further, I think the city really is moving away from collecting conviction histories from civilian departments especially, and so this is, uh, as a general practice, this really aligns with that. Uh, we're also removing the outdated language uh, in code around masked ball. Um, and I'm looking at Commissioner Thomas, and she, I'm glad I have your support. I know this was something that you wanted to get rid of. We've literally never issued a masked ball permit in my last eight, eight years in this office. Um, and essentially, if anyone uh, would like to host a masked ball, um, please feel free. You can do that under your existing permit um, or you can get a one-time event permit from our office. <laughs> um, I also just wanted to confirm that the Entertainment Commission may require an applicant now via this legislation uh, for a limited live performance permit to submit a security plan. And as you know, there is the example of, a, uh, I won't even name the business, but there was a business this year that you all saw uh, that we had a very challenging time regulating with security conditions because they were a limited live performance uh, locale. So this would allow us the ability to, uh, to do that, which is great. Uh, this also establishes that permit applications refiled after over a year of inactivity by the applicant would need to be accompanied by a new application fee. And this is uncommon, uh, but this will really help us with cost recovery. Um, and then finally, just wanted to let you all know that we anticipate probably amending this piece of legislation to include um, a piece in the code that would exempt um, schools uh, from entertainment per, uh, permit processes. And this really is um, to exempt schools from regular school activity that is amplified sound. So this has been coming up recently. It's a, a little bit challenging where we have neighbors that are coming to us really hoping that we can be the regulatory body for, say, a football game that uses amplified sound. And we want to distinguish the fact that we as a commission really are here to uh, permit and regulate uh, um, entertainment activity for the most part. And so if a school is hosting, say, a carnival or some other um, activity that is a one-time event with entertainment and amplified sound, 
We will, of course, still permit that activity as we have in the past, but we don't want to be in the business of permitting schools on a regular basis for regular school activity. So if you have any questions about this piece of um, legislation before I leave my wonderful colleague, Ben, please let us know. I just want to say it's been a long time coming, so this has been great to just hear the updates on, um, on these improvements. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, and I'll follow up with staff. I appreciate that the masked balls and the billiard, the pool tables and pinball machines are all, you know, moral panics from decades ago that <laughs> we thought required strict regulation and yeah. some sort of, you know, music man era uh, control. Yeah. So um, I'm happy to see all of that out of there. Hopefully maybe the toboggan rides are getting taken out too. Yeah, <laughs> totally. We may need to have uh, further amendments for things that are um, a little less pressing that we should definitely <laughs> discuss in our, in our police code reform committee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but at any rate, thank you. Um, yes, you're right. I've uh, wanted to update these things because they're just not relevant to what we do or what entertainment or nightlife looks like now. And yeah. um, not necessarily doing any harm by being in there, but also just didn't need to be there. So thank you. No problem. I also wanted to echo Commissioner Thomas's um, appreciation of removing the masked ball one in particular, because that was something that popped out to me, and I remember having a conversation with staff about that and speculating that perhaps that was from a time <clears throat> when it was codification that was basically queer coding um, and that this was a mechanism by which law enforcement could uh, raid um, uh, dances or what have you that were attended by members of the LGBTQ community. So I really appreciate staff following up with that, and also Commissioner Thomas for noticing it as well. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's a talking point that I will happily use when we move forward in committee as well. Let's just keep it up and keep making it easier for small businesses to start and grow and engage in entertainment. Thank you. Great. All right, back to you, Ben. Great. Thank you. Um, Director Wyland mentioned the other piece of small business legislation that focuses on planning code, and I'm actually going to spend a couple of slides on that. Um, this is uh, legislation that was introduced by the mayor and uh, as well as uh, supervisors uh, Ingardio, Dorsey, and Melgar, and this is uh, really focused on uh, planning code reform. It's being led by the Office of Small Business, and really appreciate their team for all of their hard work on this. Uh, this legislation was at the Planning Commission a couple of Thursdays ago and was endorsed by the commission there. And so its next stop will be at the Land Use Committee uh, of the Board of Supervisors. There are a handful of nightlife-related elements in this uh, proposed ordinance. Uh, first off, clarifying zoning to support the implementation of the Type 90 Music Venue Liquor License. Uh, 90 is just not a number that's uh, referred to anywhere in the planning code um, because it is a new type of license. Um, secondly, this legislation would provide a legalization pathway without a conditional use authorization for long-standing rear patios at bars and restaurants. So if a uh, bar or restaurant has had a patio for uh, 10 years or more and can document that history, this would empower the, uh, the zoning administrator to help businesses formalize that patio through a building permit as opposed to going through a CU process. Um, 
there are a number of longstanding patios around San Francisco that uh, do not uh, or have, have complex or convoluted uh, permitting histories where, um, you know, in, in past cases we worked with businesses, they have dug into planning records, you know, 30, 40 years in the past, and it's a, a challenging process for everyone involved. This would provide a clear pathway to support the uh, legalization of those longstanding patios. Uh, additionally, this legislation would uh, expand access to the expedited review of conditional use authorizations that exist that, that was started by the Planning Commission as the CB3P program and was then codified thereafter. Um, under this proposal, bars, entertainment uses, restaurants with full liquor licenses, businesses that need a CU to extend their operating hours would all be eligible for this expedited CU review, which obviously, um, you know, the changing between if, if, a, if a CU can get heard in, in two or three months, that is uh, far better than six months because a CU is only one piece of the process. There's also often this commission, there is the liquor licensing process um, as opposed to, or in addition to also doing the actual tenant improvements that might be required as part of a build out. So really um, any time that we can shave off of the CU uh, process while still having all of that uh, hearing and, um, and public participation is really welcome. Uh, additionally, that legislation would relax or remove limits on restaurants and bars in certain neighborhoods where uh, limited under the, uh, the zoning tables there. And finally, would remove some of the uh, remaining neighborhood notification requirements for certain changes of use, most of which in the neighborhoods were removed through uh, Proposition H. Final slide. Um, this is a, a, a grab bag of additional updates. I'm happy not to spend too much time on any of this, um, or most of this anyway. The, I guess the, the top line item is that shared spaces, businesses need to have complete application materials submitted by September 27th. Uh, businesses that missed the uh, grant program before the compliance grant program, that window has reopened for further applications. Um, on the ABC front, the ABC recently published the fourth draft of their regulations uh, around outdoor parklet uh, alcohol licensing um, after the third draft was uh, rejected by the State Office of Administrative Law. So there's an additional comment period uh, currently open through the end of October. Um, SF Live uh, working with President Camino on some brand development work, kicking that off now. We'll have more updates on that program I expect in my next presentation as well as on our ongoing efforts with Entertainment Commission staff and Planning Commission staff around downtown recovery. And then finally, um, just to, uh, I believe this is something that, that President Camino and I had talked about previously, um, we have done a lot of work to advise other jurisdictions on entertainment best practices. Uh, the director, deputy director and I have all spoken with folks in Sacramento about their entertainment permitting processes. They're very interested in limited live performance permits, which they don't currently have. Uh, the director and I talked with Toronto about agent of change policies and uh, chapter 116 of the administrative code and how our process works compared to their process. Um, I think the presence of an entertainment commission here provides a important uh, convening space for businesses and new residential developments that they don't have in Toronto. Um, and then additional work to support uh, folks in Nashville and San Diego as well. And with that, I will happy to answer any questions. Uh, thank you, thank you for your time. Trying to run away. I just had one quick question about the ABC, uh, the fourth draft. Yeah. Did, did they re, they didn't reinsert the need to serve people in parklets from a server, did they? No, no. Well, um, no. I have not done a uh, as close a read as I intend to. Um, there are some elements. 
of the prior drafts that were that were criticized based on a lack of specificity. Um, so, for example, there's a in the new proposal, if a business cannot see directly out onto its entire parklet, um, there there previously the draft said uh, essentially that the business needed to maintain control through regular service of the parklet. Um, the current draft says that a staff member needs to needs to visit the parklet or be in the parklet every five minutes. So it's, it's, it's sort of a, there's a kind of granular specificity to some of the elements, but, um, but it does not appear that any of the sort of threshold, threshold mechanics of how outdoor alcohol service would work have changed. No more questions? All right, well, you truly put the word techno in technocrat. <laughs> Is there any public comment on this agenda item? No, no public comment on this item. Uh, well, thank you again. I, d I thanked him with, a, with an offhand compliment. Um, all right, we'll close public comment and we can move on to the next agenda item. That is number seven, which is hearing and possible action regarding applicants, applications for permits under the jurisdiction of the Entertainment Commission. Thanks, President Blyman. We just have one limited live performance permit um, for indoor entertainment on the consent agenda this evening. EC staff have already set an internal sound limit for the business, which is included below. There was no opposition for this permit and SFPD did not have any added conditions. So the staff recommendation for the commission is to approve the consent agenda with our staff recommendations listed below. I didn't realize that uh, vice president had stepped away. Okay, um, do we have a motion? I move approval with staff conditions. Seconded. You should do public comment now. Okay, is there a public comment on this item? Uh, no public comment on this item. Okay, public comment is closed. Okay, may we have a vote? Okay, uh, President Camino? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. <laughs> okay, uh, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Acevedo for next steps. New script. <laughs> no regular agenda. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. Okay, let's move now to the regular agenda. Thank you, President Camino. The first permit on our regular agenda this evening is for a limited live performance permit for the FATE located at 475 Haight Street. The FATE is a brand new retail focused art collective. Their goal is to help local artists and artisans have a versatile platform to help them grow. The FATE plans to host a number of various events while utilizing the LLP permit to host comedy, DJ, DJs, fashion shows, and bands. Additionally, their LLP permit includes outdoor amplified sound at the front of the business to help drive foot traffic into the shop. They plan to have entertainment a couple of times per week, but would like the permit to cover entertainment daily until 11 p.m. to give them flexibility for their programming. They are also seeking the ability to host outdoor amplified sound daily for no more than six hours per day. 
They conducted extensive outreach by passing out 96 letters to their surrounding neighbors. 83 of these letters went to residents and the other 13 went to commercial businesses. And all of this documentation is included for review in your file. I should also add that um, as of yesterday, we received a letter of support from the Lower Hate Merchant Neighborhood Association, which is also included in your file. There was no opposition for this permit and SFPD uh, did not have any added conditions. So here to speak to you tonight are owners Andrew and Daniel. Hello, hello, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Daniel Bondi. Uh, I am the president and co-owner of the Fate Collective. Uh, I'm joined by my business partner, uh, best friend since three years old, and the general manager of the Fate. Um, we have a slew of advisors and folks that have been teaching us and helping us along the journey. Some people are here tonight uh, behind us and in front of us, so thank you for all you do uh, for us small businesses that have a passion for music, art, community. Um, I'm not sure if we have any slides readily available. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I love these guys. Perfect. I got them in my little phone here too. Uh, I'll go through our team and our mission and I'll toss it to Andrew to talk about our space. So um, we've got four folks as co-owners. Co it's myself, Andrew, uh, Bryce, and Forrester. Uh, collectively, we have a ton of live events, uh, retail, and music and art experience between us. Our mission as a whole is the mission of the Fate Collective is to bring positive and creative impact to our community by providing artists, musicians, and crafters a versatile platform in which to grow. Uh, we're really excited to be here. We're excited for what we're doing. Um, and I will toss it over to Andrew to talk about our objective and our space. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Um, our objective as the Fake Collective is to leverage our space to host meaningful events um, with the intent of bringing a larger audience through our retail space. We really want to be able to leverage these events to create positive impact for both our artists and for our community. Um, and in the short time that we've already been hosting events with one-time event permits, um, we've ran uh, month-long uh, art galleries for, uh, that were sponsored by APIC. We've had vendors sell their very first item when they didn't even, wanna, didn't even know if they would be able to sell anything at all. Um, and it's been a really meaningful experience seeing these artists um, get inspiration and motivation to continue their craft because they have a space within our store. Um, a little bit about the space. We're a multi-level retail space. Um, we leverage the entire space uh, for retail um, with our upstairs being a consignment model for artists of all multimedium, so like knitted goods, candles, posters, you name it. We have an awesome vintage selection, so if you need some good stuff. Um, and then downstairs, we typically host uh, art galleries, so on a regular basis, we're installing uh, diverse backgrounds of art galleries. So on the screen here, we have a quote from one of our vendors. Um, feel free to read it. I don't want to read it aloud. Um, but she has been a very successful ve uh, vendor for us, and she's actually going to be one of our very first employees as well. Um, 
to talk a little bit about the outreach we did. Um, I messed up the number, it was actually 96. Um, but we, I went out and hand delivered every letter myself, um, knocked on the door, put it in the mailbox, um, tried to speak to as many of our neighbors as possible. Um, in that letter I included my personal, uh, a direct line through Google Voice, which goes to my number first. If I don't pick up, it spreads it out to every, every other one of our owner's numbers um, so they can get in touch with us if there's any need for uh, a noise complaint or anything like that. Um, we'll respond right away. Um, on top of that, we regularly have spoken with our neighbors through the process of having our placard up um, during our regular shop hours. Um, and then last but not least, um, we've created a multi-stage soundproofing plan, so working with the neighbors that are directly nearby uh, to make sure that if there is noise, um, we are regularly increasing our soundproofing and making sure we're getting to the point. Um, we also have purchased sound monitors, so we leveled those out with EC staff. Um, to make sure that we can monitor our own sound and make sure we stay in compliance. Security procedures. Right. And then uh, just to say a little bit about the support we've had from our neighborhood, um, La Hamna has been a big supporter of ours. Um, we actually host their uh, regular meetings in our space. Um, and from the emails that I've gotten from after handing out the uh, all of the letters, um, we've gotten a, a lot of support from uh, local uh, all of our neighbors, and we actually have some people in the audience here today. Thank you so much for being here, friends. Uh, this is a, just a little thank you from us, one of our photos from our, one of our events. Awesome. I'll just, I'll just close this out really quick. Uh, final bit of background, we're a couple guys and good friends that didn't have enough money to buy a house, but had enough money to start a business, we think. So totally bootstrapped. Um, we are doing everything ourselves. We have a ton of support. We are musicians, we are artists. Uh, I used to play gigs at random bars in college. That's what paid my rent in college. Um, so I just wanna say that, and also in closing. Uh, in a time where small businesses are struggling, some shutting down, uh, we are totally doubling down. Uh, we are taking a bet and investing every single resource we have to support the revitalization of art, music, and community in San Francisco. And we are looking for your support. So appreciate you, thank you for what you do, and uh, I'll see you soon. Yep. Thank you, Andrew and Daniel. And it's so impressive that you guys have been friends since the age of three. Yeah. We went to preschool together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do we have any questions for our friends here? Just want to commend you guys. I think this is just what that neighborhood in our city needs, and it's going to be a huge benefit to the community. I have no concerns at all. Thank you so much. Yeah, as a former resident of the Lower Haight, this sounds fantastic. Please come stop by. <laughs> I will. I do have a question. Um, where did you get the name, Fate? Uh, we're on the corner of Fillmore and Haight, and it's kind of just Fate. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Okay. If there are no further questions or comments, why don't you guys have a seat? All right, let's take public comment on this item. Um. Good evening, commissioners. Thank you for your time. Um, my name is Gina Kodos. I'm speaking in support of The Fate. I'm a Lower Hate resident, artist, and vendor at The Fate. Um, I'm also, in my full-time capacity, working community engagement in the city. 
Um, I feel that the FATE really has created an excellent opportunity for local artists to gain a meaningful income and exposure. I myself had not sold a thing before selling my vintage at the Fate, and I feel inspired just walking in the door, seeing the beautiful pieces that people are creating, the people who are really artists and involved in the community. And I feel that with the city's efforts to use arts to revitalize downtown, to support the culture of San Francisco, this really aligns with those efforts. Um, going to the events at the Hate, like the art uh, exhibits, um, seeing people who are interested in the same things that I am has been a really great opportunity to feel emboldened in my creative practice and to also know that there are those people out there and being able to have consistent events creates those consistent connections and opportunities for artists to really expand and create that network in the city that we need to support um, revitalization efforts to create allowed creative people to stay in San Francisco. Um, I've found that the owners of the fate have been incredibly welcoming and professional whenever dealing with neighbors, local businesses, and I feel that they will very quickly become an asset to the neighborhood and cement the culture that we're so hoping to create and support in San Francisco. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay, um, sir? You can um, come up, and whoever's next, they can just come up to the mic. You have two minutes. Or do we have three? Oh, we have three. Good evening, Good evening commissioners. Um, I'm here wearing a couple different hats. I am actually on the board of directors of the uh, Lower Hate Merchants and Neighborhood Association, and I'm also a longtime proud homeowner of the uh, association. So I know that you've already seen the message that the president of the board has forwarded to you. And uh, just wanted to reiterate that on behalf of the uh, Lower Haight Merchants and Neighbors Association, uh, that uh, we very fully support this project. Loham has met multiple times with the team at the Fate Collective, and we are excited to welcome them into our community. We are eagerly looking forward to their activation of what has been an empty space. The opportunity to add a venue on the 400 block of hate will be a strong social and economic draw to this commercial corridor. We believe it's critical to support and promote entrepreneurs like the Fate Collective thereby enhancing the success of nearby establishments and as well as increasing the overall sense of vitality and security on Haight Street for both residents and visitors alike. We expect the Fate Collective to follow the Entertainment Commission's Good Neighbor Policy, GNP, and continue to act in good faith with Lohamna as one of our newest, but already very actively engaged and community members. <laughs> that said, uh, being uh, kind of a longtime resident of the Lower Haight, I'm very excited to see something like this come into the neighborhood. It's a very unique space. Surrounding neighborhoods do not have something quite like this. And I believe it will help support 
the uh, other small businesses in the neighborhood that are all independently owned, as well as increase the security of the neighborhood. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, is anyone online? No, there are no more further public comment for this item. Okay, public comment is now closed. Do we have a motion? So moved to approve with staff recommendations. Second. Okay, may we have a vote, please? Yes, President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay. Daniel and Andrew, your permit application has been granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> next. Come on, let's okay, let's go. Let's keep it rolling. The next permit on our regular agenda is for a place of entertainment permit for Wasabi Bistro Grand Hot Pot located at 4134 Geary Boulevard. Wasabi Bistro is a restaurant that is seeking the POE permit to host karaoke during dinner service. They don't have karaoke rooms, but rather performances will occur in the main dining room. The applicant notified all of their commercial and residential neighbors of the application and received six letters of support. The neighborhood is very excited to see a new business in the corridor. SFPD did not have any added conditions, and here to speak with you this evening is owner Louis Kwong, represented by Stefano Casalato. Good evening, commissioners. Today I have the privilege of having Louis Kwong next to me, who is the owner of Wasabi Bistro Grand Hot Pot at 4134 Geary Boulevard. Louis is a veteran in the restaurant business for almost 30 years, and a good friend of mine. We reached out to uh, the, the entire block, which consists mainly of merchants. Unfortunately, half the block is vacant. We, I also made a personal visit to the Kaiser Permanente across the street and went through their security but, and left information, but didn't have any direct contact with Kaiser directly. Um, we also had a meeting with the Greater Geary Boulevard Merchants Association, Mr. Heller and his group, and they voted unanimously to approve this. Mr. Quang would like to, in addition to having great hot pot and Asian cuisine, would like to offer karaoke to, to his patrons on occasion. And we'll operate from the hours from 12 to 2, but not all, you know, have karaoke every night, just on occasion or upon request. Um, that's about it. If you have any other questions, Mr. Quang and I are available for any questions. We The capacity is... Less than 100, it's about 87, so we'll do our own in-house security, uh, one person dedicated to, at the front of the uh, venue. We have two exits, uh, one to the right, one to the left of the venue um, for exit in case of emergency. Thank you. Commissioners. Sounds great. Uh, all your, how many employees do you have? Well, we have about uh, two employees in the front, but in the back we about have four. And the, it's a hot pot restaurant. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, 
those who are selling alcohol have their lead certification and the security yeah, yeah. guard we cards? We do. We are in compliance. Okay. And we do have a Type 41 license, so it's beer and so wine. Beer and wine. Beer and wine, yeah. Okay. All right, thank you so much. Why don't you have a seat? Is there public comment on this item? No, no public comment on this item. Okay, do we have a motion? I move to approve with staff recommendations. Second. Okay, can we have a vote please? President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Thank you. Okay. Great. The next permit on our regular agenda is for a place of entertainment change in ownership permit for Skylark, located at 3018 16th Street. The new owners, Kimberly and Dave Competente, have years of experience in the industry, but this is their first time owning their own business. They have decided to keep the name Skylark, but are revamping the business model by bringing in more live DJs and entertainment. In the staff recommendation below, you'll see I've suggested a few security-related conditions. This is because the previous owner had numerous security conditions imposed on their permit due to ongoing issues at the premises. However, rather than keeping all of the existing conditions, the new owners are eager to demonstrate their ability to conduct a safe and secure business. The conditions recommended below were shared with SFPD, but I did not hear back from the permit officer. The applicants conducted outreach by sending 41 outreach letters to their surrounding commercial and residential neighbors. They also went and introduced themselves to all of the surrounding businesses in an effort to be part of their community. There was no opposition for this permit, and SFPD did not have any added conditions. Here to speak with you this evening are owners Kimberly and Dave. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for having us here today. We're a little nervous. It's been a while since we've done our presentation. So, um, so just a little bit about Dave and I. We are um, SF natives. I'm first generation, third generation SF native here. And it's truly very meaningful to us to be able to open our own business in SF and be able to connect with our city again. So um, we are, um, we have about 10 plus years experience um, in the entertainment and um, nightlife industry. Um, Dave will tell you a little bit more, but he started off as a DJ. Um, and from there, he and I kind of have been side by side um, doing this DJ thing. I wasn't a DJ, he was, but I would be his little MC in the back. <laughs> And um, from DJ to promotions to um, managing and staffing nightlife um, activities and events at other venues, um, we've done that together for about 10 plus years now. Um, but Dave's going to talk a little bit more. Um, sorry. <laughs> yes, I've been DJing for 20 years. Uh, Sorry, it's closer than I thought. Uh, I've been DJing for 20 years. I've been in nightlife for 10. Um, me and my wife, uh, we've been together for probably 15 years uh, from DJing her homecoming dance um, in the city. Um, <laughs> um, He's not nervous, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I work with a lot of clubs in the city. I work with a lot of venues. Uh, I've managed a lot of them, um, and I'm very excited that we're doing something on our own. Um, the community has been great. Um, a lot of the businesses in the area that I've talked to, um, I mean, at minimum, it's like 25 years. Some of them have been there for 30-plus years, um, especially a lot of the businesses in our building. Um, they've all been there for 25-plus years. Our neighbors, pretty cool. Like, they grew up over there, and now the daughters are running the place, and, you know, their kids are there, and we kind of have our kids around, too. And, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to being a part of the neighborhood. Um, yeah, so with that said, um, with... In addition to some of the outreach details that Dave mentioned, um, we were able to meet with a lot of um, neighbors who've shown support and really, you know, they asked us some really hard questions. And it was nice to be able to hear their support after letting them know, like, hey, we are going to be hands on. We are going to be involved. Um, you know, it's it's important for us to be able to continue to set roots in the city, um, especially because we have two little kids. And um, it's just, for us, it's pretty full circle to be able to continue to stay here. It's San Francisco's taking a little bit of a beating with the transition and recovering from the pandemic and all of the changes that's happening. And we want to be able to provide a place where people feel safe to celebrate 21st birthdays, bachelor and bachelorette parties, weddings, just the fun stuff to be able to have fun again and not have to worry so much about your car breaking, getting broken into, um, is it safe to go outside, things like that. And we want to be able to connect with our, with our people in that sense. And so um, Skylark um, has been around for a really long time. And we are keeping the name. Um, I think it's been 27 years. And um, um, it's just one of those things where we want to continue on the legacy but make it better, make it safer. Um, give it a, give people a reason to want to come outside. Valencia Street is so live. 16th Street is so live um, to remind people that it's fun to be outside and we want to be able to um, provide a safe place for everyone to have entertainment, have a drink, celebrate with friends, and just socialize. Um, but that's pretty much it as far as like outreach. Um, for operations, we do plan to um, be open Fridays and Saturday nights. We're gonna start off slow, but our intent is to be open seven days a week. Um, we'll start off with um, the evenings, Fridays and Saturday nights, and then move on to other nights like Thursday nights and Sunday nights, and then happy hours. Um, as, um, part of it is so that we can get to know our customers, get to know our audience, and just kind of see what the nat natural, organic um, flow is for um, that street and for that location. And then as far as operating, um, we've been very lucky that we've had um, staff that we've worked with at other venues and at other events who know, who are situationally aware. And that ties into um, our security plan, like being able to like, um, be cognizant of the surroundings and like giving us feedback and just having that open line of communication. Um, and down to our clear um, our security plan, um, we're talk about our security plan or just like a rough. Yeah, um, during uh, nightclub hours, um, you know, we plan to do full pat downs, uh, guest list, dress code, and um, I mean, you guys know what the situation is with the city right now. Uh, I think. Honestly, sometimes people are scared to be out here. Um, I see more and more people, honestly, going out of the city. But us being from here, born and raised... Um, I want to keep them here. Yeah, we're all in with uh, the city. And so 
we're looking forward to making another place, you know, that people want to go to and feel comfortable at. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you, Kimberly and DJ Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's very inspiring to hear you guys uh, give us an overview of how you guys came into nightlife and how you guys are hitting it hard. So thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, commissioners. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, also, of course, I'm, it makes me happy to hear, you know, be, from you being here that you want to preserve our community here. <clears throat> and also, I'm sure you know the, the history of the space it, in, in regards to the LGBTQ community. Um, La India Bonita was what it was before. Um, what, I guess a couple of questions like are, is there going to be any sort of acknowledgement of that history in the space moving forward? And also will the LGBTQ community be welcome there as this historically was a LGBTQ Latinx, Latino, Latina, Latina center mm -hmm. in years past, as I'm sure you remember, so yeah. As far as being open to the LGBTQ community, absolutely. Um, as someone who is like, who's from San Francisco, that's a big part of my culture personally as well. And um, everyone is welcome at our establishment. As far as acknowledgement for the LGBTQ community, we don't have, we haven't planned out that far into the future yet, but absolutely we wanna be respectful of the history of the location, the history of the culture. Um, I grew up not too far from the mission, so I'm 100% um, cognizant of being respectful to the community and the history um, that's within that place. So, um, but in short, LGBTQ community, absolutely 100%. We're actually right next to Mother, and Malia has been wonderful. Her staff has been wonderful, and the customers that she gets are just such awesome people, um, just in general, and um, yeah, we welcome all. Would you be interested if um, it could be helped facilitated by staff if I make some introductions to some of the cultural districts to have information on, on all of this? Yeah, we would love that. I mean, if you can point us in the right directions or connect us, um, yeah, that would be helpful. And um, yeah, we, we'd like that. All right, yeah. thank you. It's exciting to have more um, places opening up in the 16th and Mission, 16th and Valencia area. I know Mother's is new and the Kilowatt has um, got new folks there. And so it's just, it's great to have uh, a new place there. I know that Skylark in the past, there's been issues with security and so on. It sounds like you're trying to, you know, keep the name, but sort of change up what you're doing. Um, are there particular things that you're planning on, uh, aside from sort of what you've put in here in terms of kind of changing the, the vibe to make people feel safe in a space that's had some security issues in the past? Um, I mean, 16th Street is uh, an interesting street. It is. Uh, those of you friends of the city, you just know what it is. Um, you know, I think that's the beauty of this block is that uh, all these businesses have been around for a very long time. And... Um, as merchants, we uh, have each other's back all the time. Um, you know, we're always looking out for each other's businesses. I mean, there's there's a handful of things that are at play in, on that street, um, and so I think security is very important, and that's why 
you know, we're going to be very mindful of the music format, the dress code, implementing a guest list, um, pat downs, security. I mean, the, all those things are number one for us. And just establishing, um, you know, in front of the building, um, it's making it feel more welcoming, using stanchions, um, yeah. communicating with our security guards to, you know, remind people who are who may be loitering around or waiting around if they would like to come inside or if they would like to kindly move over. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's I think a lot of it is communication too. Um, that's really key so that everyone's kind of so that everyone is on the same page um, and just establishing what establishing a more welcoming um, atmosphere in front, I think, is, is a good start. I mean, Skylark's been around for so long, um, and it's, in my opinion, one of the last places of the city that's really held on to its culture. And so that's part of the reason why we didn't want to change the name. Uh, I mean, I got my aunts and uncles that were like, oh, my God, I used to go to Skylark back in the days. <laughs> and uh, I would like to keep that going um, and just kind of, I don't know, alter the vibe a little bit. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you. I think it's important to note that uh, when, you, when you are running Providence, uh, our inspectors uh, consistently cited your security as like the gold standard of, uh, of security programs that they'd seen to the point where we invited you to join us for the, the summit last year. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, spoke on that topic. So I have a lot of confidence that you'll be able to, to do that there. And I think... I think, you know, Skylark has been problematic, but it has always been there since, oh, I'm sorry, not always. It's been there since I've been here 20-something years, and the uh, keeping it, the history alive there in terms of the Skylark history is fantastic, as well as um, acknowledging the previous history of the space. Uh, so I'm, I'm very much in support of this, and I knew you'd pop back up. <laughs> Thank you. I think I told you that, too. Yeah, you did. I was like, you're going to be fine. You're going to find something. So. <laughs> Um, are we good? Okay, why don't you guys have a seat? Thank you. Okay, is there any public comment on this item? No public comment on this item. Okay, public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? Sure, I'll move approval with staff recommendations. Second. Uh, <laughs> you guys gonna fight for it? <laughs> okay. Can we have a vote, please? President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> All right, the next permit on our regular agenda is for an LLP permit for Woods Lower Haight, located at 530 Haight Street. The applicant holds an LLP for their other Woods location on Polk Street. Under this LLP application, they are seeking the ability to host indoor entertainment, outdoor entertainment, an amplified sound on their back patio, and fixed place amplified sound at the front of their business. The hours they are requesting for these activities are all listed below in the staff recommendations. They hope to use the LLP permit to host live bands, DJs, comedy acts, fashion shows, and poetry readings. They conducted outreach by using Radius Services, who sent a letter to all of their surrounding neighbors, including those in the rear of the business and across the street. There was no opposition for this permit, and SFPD did not have any added conditions. Here to speak with you this evening is owner Jim Woods. Good evening. Thanks for having me, commissioners. I'm the founder of Woods Beer and Wine Company. 
Uh, we make craft beer and natural wine on Treasure Island, and we have uh, several uh, brew pubs and tap rooms throughout San Francisco. I was born in San Francisco and uh, was an aspiring home brewer um, back in high school and finally went pro uh, after a lot of garage batches. <laughs> um, I live in the sunset with my wife and my uh, two boys, and uh, it's been really uh, an honor to have a business in San Francisco. We are small and independent, and one of the few remaining uh, companies that are actually brewing beer in San Francisco. Um, we have a very different model than a lot of other breweries. Uh, we're focused on our own tap rooms where we can actually have a sort of profound connection interaction with our clientele. Um, it's really the only way to uh, make a living these days with rising uh, costs of materials and everything. So, you know, we're selling our beer across the counter as opposed to in supermarkets. Um, our very first location was opened uh, over 10 years ago on the corner of Dolores Park, Woods Cerveceria. And then we have uh, Woods Polk Station on Polk Street, where we also have an LLP. Uh, we have a location in the Outer Sunset near where I live. Uh, and then we have our production brewery, winery, and a tap room on Treasure Island, which has been um, quite the ride with all of the changes out there. But we love being in San Francisco, and we love uh, the communities that we are in. All of our locations are uh, truly unique, uh, and they cater to that uh, local, um, the local uh, clientele, and they're all a reflection of the community. And uh, what better way to uh, connect with community and enrich our bond with, with everyone than to have live music? Uh, it's something that's really, we're passionate about. I'm a musician. Um, we love, uh, you know, supporting musicians, and they had a real rough go of it, as you all know, during the pandemic. So uh, it's really something we're very excited about to be able to host uh, live music, particularly jazz. A lot of us are really into jazz, and I, I think it'll feel really good in the bones of the space. Um, I'm going to show you some pictures here of our space. Page down. Well. Is you using the mouse? Oh, the mouse. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. <laughs> All right. So um, you can see some pictures of our packaging that we make on Treasure Island in San Francisco. Here is a picture of our space. This was during COVID. Um, everybody's wearing masks. Uh, we actually opened in June of 2020, which was a very bizarre time to open a location. But we've uh, quickly become a, a really key component of the uh, community. And uh, we're excited to you know, further um, connect with uh, the local community and support, support local art, local artists uh, with this LLP permit. Um, I want to be mindful of your time. Um, I should also mention we have a partner, Joyride Pizza. So we serve beer, wine, uh, and Detroit-style pizza with uh, Joyride. Um, and it's been a blast being in Lower Haight. A lot of amazing legacy businesses. We have a really great connection with Lohamna as well. Um, we host a lot of their meetings. But um, uh, I respectfully request uh, the ability to host uh, music. Thank you, Jim. Did you bring us some pizza? <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let me through security with it, unfortunately. <laughs> they said go down to the loading dock. <laughs> Why did you end with that last slide? <laughs> uh, I know, I'm sorry. Thank you, commissioners. Great. Yeah, looks great. Okay, well, it's great to have another San Francisco local um, in front of us. It's really inspiring. 
Um, why don't you go ahead and have a seat and uh, let's take public comment. Thanks. Uh, no public comment on this item. Okay, public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? So moved uh, with staff recommendations. Second. Okay, can we have a vote, please? President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Hey, Jim, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Thank you. All right, the next permit on our regular agenda is for a place of entertainment permit, uh, billiard parlor permit, and mechanical amusement device permits, all change in ownerships for Lucky Strike, located at 200 King Street. I would like to note for the record that in the initial application and on our agenda, it includes outdoor amplified sound on their private patio. However, the applicants notified me that they would like to remove this activity and will no longer be seeking the outdoor amplified sound on the patio. So Lucky Strike previously held all three of these permits, and the new owners intend to take over the business and keep them the same under the same DBA name. They don't have any plans to activate indoor entertainment often, but if they do, it would likely be in the form of bands, DJs, and karaoke for private events. They are keeping the existing pool tables and arcade games. The applicants also used radius services to notify their surrounding commercial and residential neighbors of the ownership change. We didn't receive, or excuse me, we received one inquiry about the application, but I put the neighbor directly in touch with the applicants and they answered their questions, so there was no opposition for the permit. And SFPD Southern Station included their standard calendaring condition. Um, so here to speak with you this evening is Bruce Evans, who is representing AMF Bowling Centers. Hi, good evening. Uh, I don't have anything to add. The staff report was uh, very thorough and complete. Um, I would like to thank Ms. Acevedo uh, for her professionalism and responsiveness throughout this process. I stepped into this application uh, late, uh, but when I got involved, my team, the first thing they said is, um, Caitlin has been great. Um, there were no surprises to the process. I would commend you on your application, the interactive nature of it, which is very refreshing and, and innovative, and I just haven't seen that elsewhere. Um, we do have Brian Ball, the district manager on the line. Um, if there's any operational questions, um, this is an acquisition, as uh, Ms. Acevedo indicated, of Lucky Strike. Um, AMF does not have any um, locations currently in San Francisco, and they're very happy to be here. So with that, I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Um, any questions? I see your security will have guard cards um, or the employees that you have that serve alcohol will they have lead certification and training. Correct. That's actually a state law now right. as well. Thank you. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? Thanks very much. Okay. Is there public comment on this item? Uh, no public comment on this item. Okay, public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? I move approval with staff recommendations. Seconded. Okay, can we have a vote, please? President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Hey. Bruce, your permit application is conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Thank you. 
Okay, commissioners, the final permit on our agenda tonight is for an LLP permit amendment for Mars Bar and Restaurant located at 798 Brandon Street. Mars Bar currently holds an LLP permit for indoor entertainment and outdoor amplified sound, but they are here tonight because they want to add the ability to also host outdoor entertainment on their private patios. The outdoor entertainment would be used for live musicians during private events, birthday parties, etc. The business notified their neighbors of the amendment request, and there was no opposition for their permit. As of today, there was 12 letters of support that are included in your file. I think I've had two more come in since we've been here, so lots of support for this amendment. SFPD Southern Station included their standard condition, uh, which is listed in the staff recommendation below. And here to speak with you tonight is owner David Keeley. Good evening, Commissioners. David Kiley, Mars Bar, our General Manager, Caleb Legley. Thank you. Okay. okay. Um, go ahead. Um, um, you're here to present to us and tell us a little bit about your business. Well, Mars is struggling, struggling badly. Um, we're across from Pinterest. Pinterest vacated three buildings, 500 people moved. Airbnb, 2,000 people are all working from home. Zenga, working from home. Adobe, uh, 850 Bryant, the police department moved from there, so all we have are the public defenders. Um, it's been a ghost town. Um, a typical Friday happy hour, we'd have three bartenders, two cooks. We're down to one bartender, one cook. Um, it, it's been brutal, brutal, brutal. Brutal is a mild way to put it. Uh, we are barely hanging on. Um, the city's in tough shape, but I, you know, with all the good things we heard tonight, maybe it's coming back. We hope so. Um, so we've been living on events, and events are the only thing sustaining us because we have the big outdoor patios. It does help us. The outdoor patios really helped us during COVID because we were able to have dining outside. Um, and hopefully that neighborhood will come back if people ever decide to come back to the office, but, but we're not seeing it. We have no foot traffic. So that's kind of where, so we appreciate the fact, you know, that we had a jam permit during COVID uh, that helped us sustain and now we're just making it more of a formality. Thank you. I appreciate you um, honestly giving us your um, testimony of what the experience has been like for you. And, um, you know, we hear it from a lot of our permit holders that it's been really tough coming out of the pandemic and um, we're here for you. And um, I'm glad to hear that you guys are uh, applying for this permit. Well, we're trying, we've been there 25 years. We, we don't want to give up, so. I've been there for some of them. Yeah. Not all 25. No. <laughs> Thank you. Commissioners. Um, well, you certainly have the public defenders on your side. I heard from several of my uh, friends who work in the defender's office um, uh, pushing to support this. So um, they're, they're always a good set of folks to have on your side. and. Mm -hmm may also be heavy drinkers, some of them, from what I've heard. <laughs> we don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, why don't you go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. 
Thank you. Let's go to public comment. And no public comment for this item. Okay, public comment is closed. Do we have a motion? I will move approval with staff recommendations. Second it. Okay. Your permit application is conditionally granted. We have to vote. Please. Oh, we need a vote. <laughs> yeah. So, Stickler. President, President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. Okay, David, your permit application is now conditionally granted. Please follow up with Deputy Director Azevedo for next steps. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, you guys. Um, we're about to go into item eight. Do you think we can take a quick break? I think you have to. Okay, I'd like to make a motion to have a brief recess. Five minutes? Huh? Five minutes? Five minutes. Um. Seconded. Public comment. Is there public comment on this item? I don't see any. No, no public comment on this okay, item. Okay, now we need a vote. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. Okay, we're going to reconvene at 725. Thank you. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
at 7.26 p.m. Not bad, you guys. Okay. Um, commission agenda item number eight is the hearing and possible action to revoke permit number EC1452, place of entertainment permit issued to Jose Montesinos, served to Cesar Montesinos, um, DBA Stratos Nightclub located at 358 Ocean Avenue, San Francisco, California. This hearing is convened pursuant to Administrative Code, Chapter 90, and related provisions of the San Francisco Police Code. Administrative Code Section 90.4C provides that the Commission may suspend, revoke, or withdraw entertainment-related permits in accordance with the law and regulations governing such permits. Police Code Sections 1060.20.4 and 1070.20 set forth the standards for revocation of a place of entertainment permit. Section 1060.20 and 1070.20 provide that the Commission may revoke a place of entertainment permit after a noticed public hearing if it determines that any of the code-specific conditions exist. Section 1060.20.4 and 1070.20a provide for revocation where one or more of the grounds for suspension listed in section 1060.20.1 and 1070.17.1 exist and considerations of public safety warrant revocation of the permit. The current matter is set for hearing based on a complaint filed by the executive director against permit holder Jose Montesinos, DBA Stratos Nightclub on August 10th, 2023, which alleges violations of police code sections 1060.20 and 1070.20. As, as provided by the administrative code section 90.4 and police code sections 1060.20 and 1070.20 and related law and rules, we will conduct this hearing to provide the permit holder with due process. We will fully consider the evidence provided by the charging party and by the permit holder and fulfill our responsibilities in a fair and impartial manner. Okay, will representatives for each, part, each of the parties please introduce themselves for the charging party? 
Hello, commissioners. Uh, my name is Maggie Weiland. I'm the director of the Entertainment Commission, um, and I am the charging official uh, for this item tonight. And I'm here in support um, by uh, Deputy Director Caitlin Azevedo, as well as our uh, general counsel, Sarah Crowley, from the city attorney's office. Thank you. For the permit holder, Jose Montesinos, DBA Stratos Nightclub. And good evening. My name is Aliyu Iskandari. I am the attorney for the permittee. Good evening. Okay, thank you. Okay, before we move to the hearing, we will take public comment on this item. If you're here to give public comment, please line up in the aisles. That's correct. Um, is there water? Okay. Water. Well, thank you for uh, for having me here, or that we can discuss this. Uh, first of all, I I'm uh, I've lived in the neighborhood for over forty years. Uh, the, the nightclub has, I understand, changed hands uh, many times. I don't know how many times exactly, but it seems like the crowd that, that goes there hasn't changed much. They, uh, it's the same, same clientele, different owners. Uh, I've complained many times over the years, over those 40 years, and uh, I didn't realize that when I was complaining that actually some people do look into this. Uh, and I, I felt that nothing ever uh, changed over those 40 years because it didn't seem like it changed. There was still that noisy uh, crowd there on the weekends uh, till two, three, three o'clock in, uh, in the morning. And uh, it just, like I said, I, I felt that it never, nothing ever changed there, uh, even though after I had made so many complaints. I also feel that if this uh, nightclub was in Glen Park or Noe Valley, they would have lost their permit many years ago. The Stratos is just simply one source of noise in the area. That intersection of San Jose and Ocean is a major thoroughfare. There's a police to it, I'm sure you all know that there's a police station, a fire station up the hill, and there's the J line and the K line. Uh, they all create a lot of noise. It disturbs uh, the sleeping patterns. But the Stratos is uh, exceptional in that you can set your clock by it. Uh, 11 o'clock till Two closing time. Closing time is really serious here. They they, they party. They take their party out onto the street. Uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, that's uh, really hard to uh, to take every every uh, every weekend. So uh, uh, one one closing comment on on this uh, this. I don't know what the status of their permit is right now, 
uh, whether it's in suspension or there's a temporary or, or well, I really don't know what their status is. But last Saturday on September 16th, at 11.30 p.m., the, the noise started up. Uh, at closing Sir. time at uh, 2 a.m., Sir? The, they, took, they took their party out on the street, and the, the, the crowd was just like Sir? cheering on, cheering Sir? on. Sir, uh, you're going to have to stop. Your, okay. your three minutes is up. Okay, well, so thank sorry. you very much, very much. Thank you. Sure. Hello, uh, my name is Sam Berenson. I'm the public safety liaison for District 11. Um, as you will hear tonight, um, all the incidents that are causing this hearing, I reached out to the community and at community meetings and the, and the topic that keep coming up was all the violence that is, that's happening at this nightclub. So I'm representing community tonight and asking for you folks to, you know, take everything into consideration for the greater good of public safety. This nightclub is in a residential neighborhood, and it sounds like they've had multiple warnings, multiple notice of violations, and they continue to happen, including, and most importantly, non-wanding, which would prevent some of these guns to get in this club if they actually did the wanding. So, that is not, that's a case of mismanagement. And so that could have been prevented. So that's my comment. Thank you. All right, commissioners, we have one person with her hand raised in Zoom, so I'm going to unmute them right now. Phone caller, if you could please uh, say your name and you have three minutes for public comment. Thank you. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. My name is David Hooper, and I've lived out here in Mission Terrace, where Stratus Nightclub is, since 1986. I was raised in the mission. I've got the general idea of what it's like to be raised upstairs from a bar because um, that's where I was raised, upstairs from my uncle's bar at 22nd and Guerrero. So I'm not against bars. I'm not against entertainment. Um, but the neighborhood, as you can see, has, I think, uh, directed uh, to your attention uh, 23 different letters stating their concerns. Um, what Sam Berenson mentioned was the idea of wanding. I'd like to go back to the shooting that happened September a year ago and the one uh, in which three people were shot earlier this June. Um, major, major concern for the community. And um, it, it's a question of management. If somebody can't do it right, it puts um, a terrible uh, reflection on every other business that is trying to survive and uh, have an entertainment license. So major concern from the community. I'd like to thank my neighbor for arriving uh, and speaking, the first person to speak in public comment. And uh, please seriously consider a revocation of uh, their entertainment license. Thank you very much. There's a uh, gentleman in the gallery that wanted to make public comment, I believe. Um, 
So we have like, one more person on Zoom. Should we, should we just? Okay, we'll do the Zoom real quick. So, Dennis uh, Cleo, I'm going to unmute you. Then, if you if you can hear me, um, you have three can minutes. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Good evening, uh, commissioners. My name is Dennis Cleo. I'm a retired Army officer. I'm a resident of uh, the area I live in, 112 Onondaga. And first of all, I want to say thank you to my fellow neighbors for having to speak out on the safety and security. It's a very challenging time that we live in. The past two years, uh, you've understand that we've had COVID. But what's challenging is people are now coming out of their spaces. Uh, Caesar, I've known Caesar for over two years now. I've done uh, some business with him. I also have frequent uh, the nightclub. And I just want to attest that he's done everything he can to, to correct those deficiencies that everyone has mentioned. Uh, I've been working with him uh, in, in reference to trying to connect with the community and also trying to make it to a safe uh, and secure environment. Uh, he's a business owner. He uses this club because it's his livelihood. I don't want to see it going down because uh, it's an American dream for him. Secondly, there are issues in our community. The only way we're going to figure this out and fix this is if we have police involvement as well. Obviously, Caesar cannot control what goes on outside the club, but inside the club, he has used the wand, he has trained his staff to interface with customers, and he's actually uh, taken a, a lot of uh, customer advice in making the place safe. I cannot speak on the fact that uh, there are other issues outside the club, but I could only say that I do my part as a neighbor to make sure that uh, the neighborhood is safe by connecting with other communities, other neighbors by, by uh, forming neighborhood watches. So I ask the commission to, to take a look at his license and have the kindness in his heart and your hearts to, to extend him another chance to continue doing business. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I think there's one more person here. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I've been coming, going to Stratus for many, many years, and it's a place where I go, usually I go to do karaoke. It's a place where you can sing, where you can dance, where we celebrate many birthdays. Uh, it's a community place. It's actually like a family place. I know Max and his sons. Uh, they are good people. They always try to be within the law and all that stuff. Um, be safe, you know, I, I do feel safe inside. Like the last guy said, there is no way that they can control a couple of crazy people that makes the difference. But it is a place where my wife and I, we, I, we have celebrated many birthdays. We celebrate everybody's birthday there. Every time the 49ers win, we celebrate uh, Cinco de Mayos. We celebrate Cuatro de Julio, you know, Independence Day. We celebrate, it's a community place. Really, if you don't go there on Sundays, you'll see that it's like a family place. We all know each other. We all take care of each other. We take care of the Stratos. We want the Stratos to be in San Francisco, and they deserve 
deserve another chance. I know there are some crazy people out there that can make a big difference, but Estratos is a community place. It's a place where we Latinos get together and celebrate every cultural and uh, birthdays, uh, you name it. You can, we have videos of every Sunday we celebrate something. So it's a place where Michelle and Panita, uh, they dance with the wheelchair and everything. It's a place where we all enjoy each other's company. I want you to keep that in mind, please. Give them a chance. They will do the right thing. Thank you. Yeah, I've been coming to Stratos uh, for, for a, long, a long time. I'm uh, 71 years old, and I celebrated uh, a lot of birthdays there. And uh, I always feel safe. And it's a place where I can dance and uh, have a good time. And uh, it, it's in karaoke, the singing. It's 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 uh, a beautiful place, community place. And. Uh, it's an important part of, of my life that I look forward to going with behind uh, me all the time and celebrating. So thank you very much uh, for listening. Okay. All right, we're gonna be closing public comment. No more public comment. Okay, thank you. Okay, so we plan to conduct this hearing as follows. Each party may present an opening statement. First, the charging party, then the permit holder. The charging party will present its case in chief first, followed by the permit holder. Each party will call its witnesses one at a time for direct examination. The opposing party may cross-examine each witness. The party who called the witness may ask further questions of the witness on redirect examination. The charging party may then present rebuttal evidence. The charging party may present a closing argument, followed by a closing argument from the permit holder. The charging party may then present a rebuttal argument. The case will then be submitted to the commission for deliberations and decision. As the president, I will chair the hearing and rule on any motions or objections. I may ask questions of the witnesses or the party representatives at any time, and I may invite other members of the commission to also ask questions. As stated in the commission's July 17, 2023 letter to the parties, a maximum of 45 minutes of total hearing time has been allocated for each party in the evidentiary phase of this hearing, plus an additional five minutes for a rebuttal argument by the charging party because it bears the burden of proof in this matter. Please note that this is a maximum and that a party may, of course, use less time. The time will run when a party is presenting argument or examining or cross-examining a witness. In order to ensure that we have a clear administrative record, the parties should mark all exhibits they intend to offer as evidence. We received from the charging party a pre-hearing statement and exhibits A to R. We also received from the permit holder a pre-hearing statement and exhibits one to two. 
I also want to remind the parties of a few rules contained in the Commission's procedural rules that we adopted in order to assure due process in quasi-judicial hearings like this one. Commission Rule 12 states that when the Commission deliberates and decides a case, the Commission shall consider only the evidence introduced into the record and material facts of which the President takes official notice. Commission Rule 14 prohibits ex parte communications, which means that communications are prohibited between members of the Commission and any person or party on any fact at issue unless upon notice and opportunity for all parties to participate. Does either party request modification of hearing procedures or time limits? Okay. All right. Okay, so um, let's move on to opening statements. The charging party may now give its opening statement. Thank you, commissioners. Good evening, everyone. Appointed members of the Entertainment Commission. Again, my name is Maggie Weiland, and I'm the director of the Entertainment Commission staff. As you know, we're here this evening to recommend revocation of Stratos Nightclub's place of entertainment permit. Stratos Nightclub is a venue located at 358 Ocean Avenue in the city's Excelsior neighborhood. In the last 18 months, there have been seven violent incidents at the premises, three of which were calls for service to SFPD, one of which was SFPD responding to gunshots they believed to have come from the club, and another three incidents that were separate shootings that occurred inside and just outside of the premises. Unfortunately, one of these shootings resulted in a minor ultimately dying from the gunshot wounds. During the two most recent shootings in September 2022 and June of this year, the permittee was not in compliance with their commission-approved security plan. Further, the permittee never notified Entertainment Commission staff of any of the SFPD responses, which is a direct violation of their place of entertainment permit and the good neighbor policy, which require that all incidents or calls for service to SFPD be reported to the Entertainment Commission within 24 hours of their occurrence. The evidence makes clear that considerations of public safety warrant revocation in this case. Stratos has shown a pattern of failure to comply with permit conditions based on the large number of violent incidents at the business and their failure to fix security problems and communicate as required with city officials even after repeated entertainment commission and SFPD outreach and citations. All five of the factors the code says the commission should consider in making a public safety determination for a revocation are present this evening. We're gonna walk you through the pattern of violent incidents at the premises tonight. And this evening, I ask you to hold the permittee responsible for their failure to comply with their permit conditions on multiple occasions, specifically their security plan and the good neighbor policy. Failures that increase the risk of violent incidents at the club and may have contributed to the seven violent incidents I have briefly outlined in this opening statement. We ask that you revoke Stratos Nightclub's place of entertainment permit based on the grounds outlined in Municipal Police Code sections 1060.20.4 and 1070.20. 
In a moment, you'll hear from the Entertainment Commission's Deputy Director, Caitlin Azevedo, who will explain the activity timeline at Stratos Nightclub, including the issuance of two administrative 72-hour public safety suspensions, a director's order for a revised security plan, and two citations for non-compliance with permit conditions, even after the shootings and homicide took place. For witnesses, we will be calling Sergeant Bodisco from the San Francisco Police Department. Sergeant Bodisco has been with the Ingleside Precinct since September 2016. He will discuss his precinct's history with Stratos and attest to the ongoing violent incidents that have occurred at the premises in the last 18 months based on the incident reports he has reviewed and the discussions he's had with fellow SFPD officers. He's also responded to a couple of these incidents himself. Thank you so much for your time and attention this evening. I'll pass it back to you now, President Camino. Okay, thank you. The permit holder may give an opening statement now. Good evening. Um, <clears throat> in reviewing the um, complaint, what is clear is that, yes, there have been some setbacks with regards to incidences that occur at the nightclub. However, a more critical review of the complaint will show that, and the evidence will show that on one occasion, Guns, shots were fired inside of the nightclub. But on the other occasions, the incidences of violence occurred outside of the nightclub, and there is no clear evidence from any of the witnesses I have reviewed that shows that these incidences occurred within the 50 or 100 foot radius from the club that the rules mandate. I want to particularly focus on the June um, 2023 incident. And we believe that the evidence will show that there's a saying when it rains, it pours. Well, it rained that day because um, that was a day that the wand that was usually used was defective, and that wand has already been replaced. However, the evidence will show that my clients were proactive with regards to resolving the issues within the club. We believe that the evidence will show that my clients were provided with a plan. That plan was with regards to security. And my clients acted on the plan. There's evidence to show that they were given the green light and they're okay by the commission. Okay, fine, you've implemented this, that and the other. Stratos Nightclub is a family affair. Um, a lot of people go there. But really, 
Can anyone control the actions of someone that wants to do something bad? No one can. People just sometimes are unreasonably bad. Somebody will walk into your backyard and open fire. There's not much control you can do. Now, there is the incident of someone being shot within the area. None of these incidences uh, is there any evidence to show that these shootings happen within that 50 to 100 foot radius that the rules say that Stratus's management has control over. However, that having been said, we are looking forward to um, a positive resolution of this uh, with um, Stratus being placed in a position where they will have to show that they're, they're ready and willing to be part of the community and enforce um, uh, decorum within the nightclub. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, we are now ready for the charging party to present its case. The charging party may call its first witness. <clears throat> Good evening, President Camino and commissioners. My name is, <clears throat> excuse me, my name is Caitlin Azevedo and I'm the Deputy Director of the Entertainment Commission. For the sake of giving context to everyone at the hearing tonight, let me begin by giving some background on the Entertainment Commission. The Entertainment Commission is a charter commission made up of seven members appointed by the Board of Supervisors and the Mayor to issue and regulate place of entertainment or POE permits. The commission's permit system balances the interests and residents, nightlife businesses, and the public at large. The commission promotes cultural, economic, employment, and other benefits of a vibrant entertainment industry while protecting the health, safety, and public welfare of the community, and particularly of local residents and businesses through the permitting process and various enforcement mechanisms. In performing its permitting function, the commission works closely with the police department and other city agencies to ensure that safeguards designed for the benefit of the public are maintained while place of entertainment permits are in effect. Deputy Director, are you uh, providing testimony as a witness? No, but I will be calling my first witness soon. I'm leading into that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. For clarity's sake, this is our case in chief portion, correct? So we will provide a lot of evidence and then we'll call our witness if that makes sense. Okay to continue? Yes. Great, okay. So we are here this evening just to discuss a pla particular place of entertainment permit for the premises known as Stratos Nightclub located at 358 Ocean Avenue. I ask the commission to please take notice of exhibit M in your pre-hearing pre filing, which outlines the seven incidents that occurred inside and immediately in front of Stratos in the last 18 months. Of these seven incidents, Supervisor Safai's office alerted us to the September 2022 and June 2023 shootings, while SFPD Ingleside Station recently informed us of the remaining five incidents. 
To be clear, this means that the permittee never alerted us to any of these occurrences, despite the fact that the good neighbor policy and Stratos's permit requires them to do so. At this time, I would like to call my first witness to the stand, Sergeant Bodisco. Okay, Sergeant. Okay, I need to swear you in. So raise your right hand. Do you solemnly state or affirm under penalty of perjury that the evidence you give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Okay, thank you. Hi, Sergeant Bodisco. Thank you for being here tonight. I have called you as a witness because you have been a sergeant with Ingleside since September of 2016, and I hope you will be able to provide the commission information about your precinct's experience with this venue. I'm going to hand Sergeant Bodisco Exhibit M, which is included in the pre-hearing filing. Sergeant, are you familiar with this document that outlines the seven incidents that occurred at Stratos Nightclub between January 9th, 2022 and June 10th, 2023? Yes, I am. Are you able to confirm that on each of these seven days, SFPD responded to the premises either because of a call for service at the premises or because officers heard gunshots coming from the president pre premises? Yes, I can. Thank you. And are the summaries of the incidents in the document I've just shown you consistent with your knowledge of what occurred at the business based on your review of the incident reports and in speaking with your colleagues? Yes, they are. Sergeant, isn't it true that you also personally responded to the incidents that occurred on July 30th, 2022 and September 4th, 2022? Yes, I did. Is it also true that the summaries in the document I've shown you are accurate and consistent with your memory of what took place that day? Yes. Great. Thank you, Sergeant Bodisco. I have no further questions for this witness. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, the permit holder may cross-examine the witness. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Sergeant, um, directing your attention to Exhibit M, um, did you per personally investigate the incident of uh, January 9th, 2022? I personally supervised the incident, but I did not investigate it, no. Did you go to the scene that day? Which date? Did you go to the scene of the incident that day? The incident of which date? Of uh, January 9th, 2022. January 9th, 2022, I don't believe I responded to that one. Did you prepare this document, the declaration of Captain Noble? No, I did not prepare this document. And you did testify that you were familiar with it, correct? Yes. And um, would it be fair to say that your familiarity is limited to having read the document? Yes, I read the document. And that your familiarity does not necessarily extend to you having knowledge of each of these incidents? Incidences, I meant. That would be correct. Okay. <clears throat> 
With regards to the first incident of January 9, 2022, um, are you aware of the rule that says that Stratus is responsible for all incidences and must report incidences of violence that are within 50 to 100 feet radius from the club? No, I don't have a lot of experience with permits and businesses. Okay. So you wouldn't be able to testify as to whether or not with regards to the incident of January 9th, uh, 2022, whether the incident occurred within the radius of 50 to 100 foot from the club, would you? Not without reviewing the incident report. With regards to the incident of uh, July 30th, 2022, where, did you investigate that incident? I was there, but I was not the investigating officer. Were you the supervising officer? Yes. Okay. And with regards to that, um, you, the report does say that gunshots were heard from the area of Stratus nightclub. Do you see that? Yes. Okay. And uh, officers responded and observed approximately 100 people exiting the nightclub. Is that correct? Correct. And this incident occurred, or the observation of this incident occurred at 1.53 a.m. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. And officer, what time does the nightclub close? 2 a.m. So seven minutes to two, you found 100 people outside. Would it be fair to say that they were leaving the club because the club was closed? That's reasonable. So it wouldn't be strange to see 100 people outside a club that was closing down at 2 o'clock, correct? No, it would not. And um, the, the report further goes on to say that an uh, unidentified male pointed a gun and claimed that they had a gun. The officers detained the man allegedly with a gun. And you observed these events, correct? I don't believe so. Okay. And um, then there's also a report with regards to that July 30th, 2022 incident. There's also a report that um, somebody discharged a weapon, correct? I would have to review the incident report for the specific details. And you don't have that with you at the present oh, yes, time? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. Um, is it okay for you to, for me to ask this officer to review the incident report? Or would that eat up on my time? Um, yes, you can. Uh, officer, would you review the incident report with regards to the July? I would love to. I 30th incident. Two years you? worth of reports here. Okay. Um, July 30th, 2022. That is correct, sir. And what would you like me to refresh my memory on? Uh, more specifically, I'd like you to refresh your memory on whether the report contains 
any um, references to the location of the shooter at the time the gun was discharged. Okay. Give me a minute. Yes, sir. The first officer on scene transmitted on the radio that there was a possible subject with a gun in the area of San Jose and Ocean. Okay. That answer your question, sir. Um, uh, fair enough. In the area of San Jose and Ocean, is Stratus Nightclub the only um, building in the area of San Jose? And it's the only thing that's open at that hour. At that hour. Okay. So, um, but the report doesn't say how far away from the club that person was, does it? No. Okay. Now let's quickly move on to uh, the next incident of uh, September 4th, 2022, sir. Okay. And um, again, this report, uh, this incident occurred at 1.40 a.m.? Yes. And, um, Sergeant, are you aware that the nightclub, you, you already testified that the nightclub closes at 2, correct? Yes. And, and you already, t uh, are you aware that the nightclub turns off its lights to the bar and the club in general at 1.45, and that's when people start leaving the nightclub? Generally, yes. Okay. And so, would it, fair enough, you would understand that 1.40 a.m. is about five minutes to when all the lights would turn on and people start leaving, correct? Correct. Okay. And so, um, uh, with regards to this specific incident in September 4th, 2022, um, this incident occurred around about the time the nightclub was closing, correct? The incident was reported to have occurred approximately at 1.40 a.m. Okay. So I would be correct then that about that time the club was closing? That would be reasonable, yes. Okay. And, um, sir, you, the report further says that officers determined that patrons leaving Stratus became involved in a fight. Is that correct? That is the summary here. Yeah. And, uh, but the, to the best of your knowledge, did the fight occur inside of the club? Or did it occur outside of the club? I don't know. Okay. But if the report says patrons leaving the nightclub, uh, would you agree with me that you could reasonably say that the fight occurred outside of the club? Correct? No. Okay. Anything could have occurred inside. Anything could have occurred outside. I don't know what spilled in or out. And, um, sir. Oh, uh, we should rule on that objection. Okay. Um, overruled. Sir, with regards to that same uh, specific incident, um, the officer's summary does say that. Sorry, uh, that I meant. Objection sustained. I didn't hear that. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Oh, I just made an error in my ruling. 
I initially said um, objection overruled. I had meant it was uh, objection sustained. Fair enough. Um, sir, with regards to that incident, um, the officers reported that um, somebody produced a firearm, correct? Correct. And, um, and that this armed individual then fired into a group striking a victim, correct? That is documented in the report, yes. Okay. Uh, and Sergeant, um, do you know how far away this person was that was, was shot from the club? I have no idea. Okay. So you don't know whether the person was shot right in front of the club's doorstep or 200 feet away? Objection asked and answered. Sorry, I can't hear you. What did you say? Asked and answered. Asked and answered? Okay. Okay. Objection sustained. Sir, where are you going with this line of questioning? I'm trying to go through each and every one of the incidences in Syria, Tim. Okay. Now, with regards to the next incident, sir, which is item D on the um, Exhibit M. Um, it says that on February 26, 2023, at 1.24 a.m., um, officers from Ingleside responded to a report of a man with a gun at Stratus nightclub. Is that correct? Correct. And um, does that report state that the man with the gun was inside of the nightclub or within the vicinity of the nightclub? I don't know. I never read that report. Okay. And again, this incident occurred at 1.24 a.m., correct? Okay, sir, I'm going to interrupt you. Yes, Our cross-examination actually has a five-minute limit, and you've gone over. So. Okay. Can I ask two more questions? No. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Does the charging party have any redirect examination? I do. Okay. Sergeant Bodisco, is it true that of the seven incidents that have occurred at Stratos, all resulted in a call for service or a visit by SFPD? Yes. Thank you. No further questions. Okay, thank you. Uh, do any of the commissioners have a question for this witness? Okay. Okay, is there, any, is there anything further for this witness? If not, this witness is excused. Okay. Are we allowed to No. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, the charging party may call its next witness. No.
Hi. Hi. Um, first and foremost, I would like to ask for the minutes back that were overused. Is that possible? Just to make sure that we get our full time allotted. You may reclaim your time. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, next question for you, President. The, um, just to be clear, I was going to now run, we have no further witnesses, but I was going to review in depth um, the narrative of each of the incidents that have occurred with our findings as staff. And I wanted to ask you if you would like me to do that as the charging official or as a witness. I think we should do it as a witness. So if you don't mind, um, I will, I will swear you in. All right, do you solemnly state or affirm under penalty of perjury that the evidence you give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Okay. Okay, we're doing this on the fly. Um, I would like to call a, a witness, uh, Caitlin Azevedo. Um, Caitlin, can you confirm for the commission what your role is with Entertainment Commission staff? I am the Deputy Director of the Entertainment Commission and I oversee all of our brick and mortar permitting along with our enforcement division. Thank you, Dep Deputy Director Azevedo. So um, this evening, um, may I ask you to please run through a summary of the incidents as you know them um, from the last 18 months, please? Yes. The first thing I'd like to note is that the defendant's line of questioning is irrelevant because the facts here are that the seven incidents. Grounds. Can you? Sure. Before she begins, how about this? Um, Deputy Director Azevedo, um, can you confirm for me what the permit holder is required to do when there is a call for service um, to a premises to SFPD? Per the good neighbor policy number seven, anytime there is a violent incident that occurs at the premises or there is a call for service, the permit holder must submit an incident report to both the entertainment commission and the permit officer um, outlining the incident that occurred. And can you confirm that if the permit holder does not call uh, the entertainment commission or notify us within 24 hours of this kind of occurrence that they're out of compliance with the permit condition? That Overruled. 
Okay, so to pick it back up, I would like to return to my previous question. Can you please run through a summary of the incidents from the last 18 months, please? <clears throat> Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm going to object on the ground that it calls for ordinarity. I just want to remind that the evidence rules, the civil rules of, uh, the evidence rules do not necessarily apply. And to just advise that the president um, may receive rule on exclude or limit evidence um, and may decide, you know, whether certain objections um, apply. Okay. So his objection is that it's a narrative. Okay. Overruled. As Sergeant Badisco just testified, SFPD responded to seven incidents at the premises, yet the permit holder failed to submit any incident reports to us. This is an egregious violation, as incident reports serve a fundamental purpose in understanding the safety practices in place by the permittee and when we need to intervene. Without this information, we are unable to properly address safety and security practices, putting the venue and its surrounding community at risk. You have heard some of the details regarding Stratos's violations from Sergeant Bodisco, and you have seen the others detailed in the written evidence submitted with the complaint. And so to tie it all together, I'd like to quickly run you through a narrative regarding each of the incidents that occurred at Stratos. As a reminder, the permittee failed to notify the Entertainment Commission about any of these events. And since five of these incidents were brought to our attention by SFPD in the last month, Director Weiland and I were unable to take real-time action and appropriate follow-up as we normally would have. However, it still feels vital that we share this information with you as evidence, as the following seven incidents that occurred in the last 18 months demonstrate the potential safety risk that Stratos poses and why we are requesting a revocation of the permit. On January 9th, 2022, a fight broke out inside of Stratos nightclub that continued outside and ultimately an armed suspect shot a victim in front of the club. I'd like to point out that the permittee never informed the Entertainment Commission of this incident and we didn't learn of it until SFPD Ingleside Station brought it to our attention more than 18 months after the incident occurred. The permittee's failure to notify the EC and SFPD Ingleside Station within 24 hours of an incident was a violation of the Good Neighbor Policy, which is also listed as Exhibit B in your pre-hearing filing. Compliance with that policy is a condition of Stratos's permit as it is for every place of entertainment permit. Had our staff known of the shooting, we would have taken appropriate enforcement measures, including possibly issuing a 72-hour suspension for public safety, closely reviewing their security plan, and possibly ordering a revised security plan tailored to prevent other similar incidents in the future. The next incident occurred on July 30th, 2022, when officers of Ingleside Station heard what they believed to be gunshots from the area of Stratos nightclub. When the officers responded, they observed approximately 100 people exiting the venue and standing on the sidewalk. An unidentified male pointed at another man claiming that he had a gun, and when officers detained the alleged gunman, he learned that he was, they learned that he was a victim of robbery. The victim stated that he was robbed by seven males at gunpoint as he left the club. SFPD investigators subsequently arrested at least one male allegedly involved in the robbery in front of Stratos nightclub. No incident report was submitted for this occurrence, which again violates the good neighbor policy. The next violent incident occurred on September 4th, 2022, when an 18-year-old male was shot in front of the premises after patrons leaving the club started fighting and another individual produced a firearm and shot into the group of people striking the victim. 
Tragically, the young man did not survive the gunshot wounds. And it should be noted, per Exhibit M, that the police officers who responded that night were physically assaulted by club patrons while trying to investigate and maintain integrity of the crime scene. Following the news of the violent incident, Director Wyland and I worked closely with Captain Liu, who was the captain of Ingleside Station at the time of the incident, and the city attorney's office to take swift enforcement action. When reviewing the permittee's security plan, we determined they had violated the good neighbor policy again by not reporting the incident within 24 hours. Further, we determined their security plan needed to be improved, so Director Wyland issued a director's order for a revised security plan. In addition, she also issued a 72-hour suspension for public safety, which was in effect from September 9th through September 12th of 2022, which is Exhibit E in your pre-hearing filing. The permittee's revised security plan was closely vetted by myself, Captain Liu, and the city attorney's office, and it is a strong and effective plan if it is being followed. It includes a robust door policy, specific rules around patron entry and re-entry, and an increased number of on-site security guards. The revised security plan went into effect on September 22nd, 2022, and is the operative security plan today. The next three incidents that occurred were again unreported to the EC and Ingleside Station permit officer, as is required per the good neighbor policy any time the SFPD is called for service. On February 26, 2023, Ingleside officers responded to a report of a man with a gun at Stratos Nightclub. The reporting party said that a male suspect was bothering one of his friends inside of the nightclub as he intervened. The suspect reached for his waistband and threatened physical violence. Multiple officers arrived and detained a suspect, but no weapon was found. Then on March 10th of 2023, Ingleside officers responded to a dispute at the venue. The reporting party said she and her sister were involved in a physical altercation with a male and two females inside the nightclub. The reporting party told SFPD that the security removed her and her sister from the club, and when officers spoke with the security, they stated that they did break up a pushing match between four females. The next incident occurred on April 8, 2023, when Ingleside officers responded to a report of aggravated assault at Stratos Nightclub, and during the course of the investigation, officers met with a security guard who was uncooperative and provided false information. As you can see in the Stratos activity timeline under Exhibit N of your pre-hearing filing, within three months of the September 4th shooting, Entertainment Commission inspectors visited the premises to confirm compliance with their permit conditions. But following the visit in October of 2022, we were not notified of any other incidents at Stratos until we learned of the most recent shooting inside the club on June 10th, 2023 from Supervisor Safai's office. This means that between October 2022 and June 2023, three incidents occurred that required SFPD intervention, but because the permit holder did not alert the EC, we lacked the information that would have led us to visit the venue to check on security operations. It is safe to say that if any of these incidents had been reported, we would have conducted follow-up visits to the business. Within 48 hours of shooting, the shooting on June 10th, 2023, Director Wyland and I were meeting with Acting Captain Noble of Ingleside Station and the City Attorney's Office to discuss the details and enforcement. Acting Captain Noble informed us that the a suspect had shot three patrons inside of the venue near the bathrooms and then fled the scene. On Tuesday, June 13th, Director Wyland and I hosted a meeting with the permittee. Attendees that included, attendees of the meeting included myself, Director Wyland, Acting Captain Noble and Permit Officer Sean Phillips of Ingleside Station, Mark Price Wolf from the City Attorney's Office, Sam Berenson, the D11 Police Liaison, and Cesar Montesinos, who is the permit holder. During the meeting, the permittee confirmed that they were violating numerous conditions on the night of the shooting. The violations included the staff not contacting 911 following the shooting, security not wearing a easily identifiable clothing or possessing valid guard cards, 
They were not sending their monthly calendar events to the EC or Ingleside station. Only five security guards working that night when their plan requires six security guards, guards on Saturday nights, and they were not using their metal detector wand the night the suspect entered the venue with a gun. Commission, commissioners, these are serious and alarming violations and grounds enough to revoke their place of entertainment permit. The latest incident was due to negligence and it really rattled Stratos's surrounding community. As included in exhibit H of your pre-hearing filing, 23 neighbors submitted letters voicing their concern for this venue's operations. And in exhibit I, Supervisor Safai has submitted a letter outlining his discontent with the business. In response to the permit violations, Director Weiland issued another 72-hour suspension for public safety, which was in effect from June 30th to July 3rd, 2023, as reflected in Exhibit J. On July 1st, during the 72-hour suspension, Inspector Fiorentino of the Entertainment Commission conducted a security plan compliance check, which you can see in Exhibit L. And to our dismay, there were still permit violations. That night, not all security guards were clearly identifiable. There was no security guard on site, so all female patrons who entered that night were not being patted down. Only three of the six security guards were unable to furnish, excuse me, only three of the six security guards were able to furnish guard cards, and their metal detector wand was not in use. The business was issued a $100 citation for these permit violations, which feels minor in comparison to what the ramifications of the security plan violations could have led to. As you can see in Exhibit L, Entertainment Commission staff continued to conduct full compliance checks every weekend at Stratos Nightclub between July 1 and August 6, 2023, and again found them in violation of their security plan on August 5, 2023. During the inspection, Inspector Fior Michael Fiorentino examined all six of the security's guard cards and found one guard who had expired on, in May of 2023. The security guard explained that the renewal payment had been submitted, but he didn't have the new card in his possession yet. Inspector Fiorentino asked to see proof of payment, but the guard stated his employer had paid for the renewal and didn't have a copy of the receipt. I then emailed the permittee on Monday, August 7th, recounting Inspector Fiorentino's site visit findings and directed him to submit proof of payment for the guard card renewal by 5 p.m. on Thursday, August 10th. I explained that failure to do so would result in a citation for violating their security plan. And although the permittee responded, he did not provide adequate information to remediate the issue. As such, a second $200 citation for violating their POE was issued. Um, all right, Director Azevedo, thank you so much. I am going to stop you right there, um, and I will pass it back to President Camino. Okay, thank you. Does the permit holder, uh, the permit holder may cross-examine the witness? Five minutes, yes. Just a what reminder, you, you have five minutes. Five minutes. Okay. I'm directing your attention to Exhibit M. Exhibit M? Correct. Um, with regards to the um, events itemizes A through G, mm -hmm. you were not present at any of these events, were you? No. And do you have any knowledge as to how far away from the um, Stratus nightclub any of these events occurred other than the June 10th event which occurred inside of the nightclub? Based on the narrative from the police document that is submitted in Exhibit M, 
It is determined that numerous of these incidents had altercations or issues occurring inside of the premises that would have in and of itself resulted in needing to be reported to the Entertainment Commission and SFPD on an incident report. So it is your testimony then that based on this Exhibit M, items A through G, that each of these events occurred inside of the nightclub? I am not saying that the entirety of... Objection misrepresented the witness's testimony. Sustained. But I'm just asking for clarification. Can you rephrase your question, please? Is it your testimony that with regards to each and every one of these incidences, A through G, that each one, well, A through F, that each of them occurred inside of the nightclub as opposed to outside? I would like a moment to just look briefly at this document. Please. I would like to confirm for the record that incidents A, B, D, and E had part of the incident occur inside of the premises. Incidents A, B, D, and E, correct? That's right. You're familiar with the um, good neighbor policy, correct? I am. Okay. You're aware that item number two on the good neighbor policy states that the permit holder is responsible for the safety and security of venue patrons and the surrounding neighborhood. The commission approved security plan shall be followed and permit holders shall secure the sidewalk 400 foot radius in all directions, correct? That is what it reads. Okay. The permittee is not responsible for events that occur outside of that 100-foot radius, are they? Objection. Um, there's no foundation laid for the fact that this witness is in a position to testify about the, the legal standard and it's misleading. May I respond to that? This witness has testified that they are familiar with the good neighbor policy. I only ask a question as to whether or not the permittee, according to the good neighbor policy, was responsible for incidences that occur outside of the 100-foot radius that the good neighbor policy talks about. Simple as that. It's vague as to what is meant by responsible for. The issue here is whether or not 
<clears throat> the permittee has violated their permit conditions. Again, we can't have two standards. Uh, the objection of vague is the legal objection, and it's fair enough. But then I made the same objections, and um, um, one of the commissioners, Ms. Uh, Fabian, I believe, said that we do not go by evidentiary objections in that manner. So, yes, the question I asked was whether or not this witness, and I don't want to eat up on my five minutes, but whether or not this witness was familiar with the, with, uh, the good neighbor policy, she said she was. And the next question I asked her was, is the permittee responsible for events that occurred outside of the 100 foot radius? Pardon, but the five minutes are up. Deputy Director, can you just answer the question? The answer is no. No further questions. All right. Okay, thank you. Um, does the charging party, uh, sorry, do any of the commissioners have a question for this witness? Actually, before that, sorry. Um, I, I would recommend that the- The charging party? Right. All right. Does the charging party have any redirect examination? No further questions. Thank you. Okay, commissioners, are there any questions for the witness? Yes. Um, my question is, am I reading the good neighbor policy correctly that regardless of whether the incident occurs more than 100 feet, as long as SFPD responds for, to a call for service at the premises, the permit holder um, is, response, is required to send the incident report. You are correct. Thank you. Thank you. Does anyone else have any questions? Okay, thank you. Okay, but I'm only going to give you one minute. Okay. Ma'am, if the a shooting occurred outside of the 100-foot um, radius and the police come over to the Stratus nightclub to ask whether or not their cameras, they'd be allowed to look at the cameras, would Stratus Nightclub be allowed, be required to make a report about that? Objection vague, but if, if you are able to answer the question, you can answer it. I can rephrase it. You would agree with me. Miss um, Wang asked a question. She said, did she understand it right that with regards to every time the police come to Stratus nightclub, Stratus has to write a report, correct? If there is an incident that involves the nightclub in any way and SFPD responds for a call for service, then an incident report should in fact be submitted. That is correct. 
but only if it involves the nightclub, correct? Okay, the one minute is up. Thank you. Okay. Is there anything further for this witness? If not, this witness is excused. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, the charging party may call its first witness. It's next. We have no further witnesses to call. Okay, has the charging party completed presentation of its case in chief? Um, just for clarification's sake, we have a separate time period for our closing argument, correct? Yes. Okay, so I, I do have a couple more things to add to our case in chief that I can begin with now. Um, so we know that a permit suspension is warranted because the permittee failed to comply with their approved security plan on September 4th, 2022, June 10th, 2023, July 1st, 2023, August 6th, 2023, and September 2nd, 2023, as detailed in tonight's enforcement report. Additionally, they failed to comply with the good neighbor policy as stated in our witnesses' testimony on January 9th, 2022, July 30th, 2022, September 4th, 2022, February 26, 2023, March 5th, 2023, and April 8th, 2023. Again, failure to comply with an approved security plan or with the good neighbor policy, both of which are conditions of our place of entertainment permits, uh, are grounds for suspension of the permit under sections 1060.20.1A4 and 1060.20.1A6 of our police code. But in this instance, it's important to look at sections 1060.20.4 and 1070.20 of police code as these set forth the grounds for revocation by the Entertainment Commission. And Stratos Nightclub warrants such action this evening. As you can see, they have demonstrated a pattern of failure to comply with their permit conditions based on the large number of violent incidents. The permittee has failed to fix security problems and communicate as required with city officials, even after repeated outreach and citations from the EC and the SFPD. And as you'll see from our permit holders' testimony this evening, they, don't, they still are pushing back on the fact that they would have to reach out to our staff if they have SFPD come to their venue. And I think that that's very telling. So again, all five of the factors that the code states the commission should consider in making a public safety determination are present here, including one, there is a long history of violent incidents at Stratos. Two, Stratos has a history of security plan violations. Three, seven incidents in the past 18 months demonstrate that Stratos's permit violations are frequent and have likely contributed to the continuation of such violent incidents. Four, had Stratos followed its security plan, the June 2023 shooting would have been much less likely, and the same is likely true for other violent incidents at the club. And five, Stratos has failed to comply with its permit and foster a safe environment despite repeated warnings from SFPD and the Entertainment Commission. This is substantial evidence that demonstrates the grounds for revocation of this permit. And I'll leave our case in chief there. Okay, thank you. Okay, permit holder, you may present your case. Please call your first witness.
Okay, can you raise your right hand, please? Do you solemnly state or affirm under penalty of perjury that the evidence you give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Okay, thank you. Charging party, you may cross-examine the witness. And do I have only I'm five sorry, minutes? I'm sorry, permit holder. Do Go I ahead. have five minutes? You have more than five minutes. Okay, thank you. Um, Mr. Montesinos, you communicated with the San Francisco Entertainment Commission by email sometimes, correct? Correct. And you um, were given a, a plan for security based on issues that arose at your place of business, correct? Correct. Did you follow that plan? Yes, we did. And while you were following that plan, did you communicate with the commission by email? I would like to direct your attention to uh, Permittee's Exhibit 1. Um, may I approach this witness, please? Yes. Um, Permittee's Exhibit 1 is a series of emails. Uh, do you recognize that? Yes, I do. And is that emails between you and um, the commission? Yes. And do those emails, what do those emails discuss? Um, about the revision of the security plan. And um, were you the author of and recipient of the, that string of emails? Yes. Would like to move exhibit one into evidence, please. Now, with regards to the incidences that were uh, itemized in Exhibit M. You recall that, correct? Yes. And with regards to um, the first one, um, where the police responded to a report of a 23-year-old male shooting victim, were you there on that day? On which one again, I'm sorry? On, Jan on January 9th, 2022. Yes, I was there. Did you... Um, uh, the report does say that a handgun was exchanged between the parties inside the club, correct? That's correct. That's what it says, but that never happened inside. But when the police came, they asked you for evidence, didn't they? They did. What evidence did they ask you for? We gave them video surveillance of the inside and outside. So you do have video surveillance of the inside of your nightclub, correct? I do have a video surveillance camera system inside, yes. And you provided that to the police, correct? I provided that to the police. Did you have an opportunity to review that video evidence that you provided to the police with them? I did not review it with them, but I did review the videos, and at no point it ever showed that there was an incident that happened inside, for one, and it never showed no guns or nothing of that nature being exchanged within the premises. Were, were those videos from one camera or from multiple cameras? Multiple cameras. Okay. Now let's go to the incident of uh, this uh, July 30th, 20, 2022. Um, were you present in the club at, on that day? 
Could I actually go and grab and see the whole list of the incidents that we have on there? I didn't hear you uh, speaking document to the, the documentation. So I could kind of be reading along as well. Do you need to refresh your recollection? I just, I just need to look at the documents. May the witness what, be permitted to refresh? What documents we're looking at? His recollection. Let me know when you're ready. Sorry, could you let us know which documents? Um, yes, yes, I certainly will. Um, would you tell me which document you're looking at? I'm looking at, at this one. This is the actual binder itself from the, from the committee. The record will reflect the the witness is looking at documents from that you presented. Yes, that's your package. We're talking about which incident now? I'm referring your attention to the incident of July 30th, 2022. Can you, can you go on record on the mic and tell us what he's looking at? Yes. Um, the witness is looking at Exhibit M and... Um, that's the declaration of acting Captain Kevin Noble. Have you been able to locate the incident? Yeah, I'm, I'm there now. Okay. Um, it's item B. Do you see that? Yes. And the date of the incident is um, July 30th, 2022. Do you see that? Correct. Okay. Now, um, with regards to that incident, um, the police did come to the nightclub, correct? The police never came to the nightclub on that incident. On the, uh, on the 7, uh, 30, 2022, they never came to that shooting that so-called happened in front, which never happened in front, or it never happened with within that area of the nightclub. Is this area where the nightclub is located generally um, an area where a lot of violence occurs? Well, there's uh, the park across the street, so I wouldn't know if there's actually... Oh, let's there's, I know there's, there's, there's people lingering in the park at night. Okay. Uh, let's quickly move on to the next... Um, Item C, uh, that occurred on September 4th, 2022. Are you familiar with that incident? Yes. And um, did you uh, speak to the police officer then that day? Um, yes, I was the one that actually placed the 911 call that particular incident. And when you placed the 911 call, it was because an 18-year-old had been shot, correct? Correct. Was that person shot inside of the club? No. Was that person shot within 100 foot from the club? No, not really. When the police came to the club, did they ask you for any evidence of what happened outside of the club? They did not ask me for any evidence that happened outside of the club. What, what led was that the person walked, after being shot, walked all the way up to the club to where one of my security guards actually assisted aid to that person. 
So sorry, I'm going to object because the um, the the attorney has not laid a foundation for the fact that this witness has any basis for personal knowledge of where the shooter was or where the victim was, or that he personally observed the shooting. Sir, um, counsel just made an objection with regards to how you came to know where this person that was shot actually was shot. So let me ask you this question. Were you outside when you found out that somebody had been shot? Yes, I was outside. Does your club have cameras outside of the club? It does. And did you observe this person that was shot? Yes. And where did you observe this person coming from that was shot? Um, the person was walking, I want to say, southbound. How far away is that from the immediate vicinity of your club? In terms of feet. So I want to say it's, it's, it's probably where, well aware outside of the facility of the club, because I was already, I want to say I was probably within 200 feet feet from the club so when when I was placed into the hall when I was placed in the call so it's a, it's around the same same area where the, where the guy was shot he literally got shot probably about no more than five feet away from me normally what about no more than five feet away from where I was and you were about 200 feet away from the club yes now let's quickly move on to the other incident um, February 26, 2023, you see that? Yes. Um, officers from Ingleside um, responded to a report of a man with a gun. Is that correct? Correct. And um, did you make that 911 call? I did not make that 911 call. Did any of your staff make that 911 no. call? Okay. Now, um, that was that that call was made by a patriot inside and nobody was aware of that particular incident up until SFPD came in or basically I was outside when SFPD was coming in and uh, they asked me I go do you know of anybody that has a gun inside we just received a call of of a and we're like we haven't had any incidents we haven't had any arguments, nothing whatsoever, and this person was already leaving the premises when he was placing that call. At the same time, they did not find a witness or somebody that actually had, he couldn't identify the person basically that, that told him or basically told him that he had a gun. The, the, the person that placed the 911 call did not, couldn't identify the person. When the police went in there on this particular day, did they find a gun? No. They did not find a gun, and they did not find the person that he so claimed had a weapon inside. Now let's move to the incident. Pardon me. Can you please, for the record, refer to which incident you were just discussing? Certainly. Thank it, you. It's uh, the incident of February 26, 2023. Thank you. Now let's move on to the next incident that's... Uh, March 5th, 2023. Okay. Um, 
were you physically present and did you witness that incident? I was, I was there, I was present. And um, when you witnessed that incident, tell us what you saw. Um, I did see the ladies arguing and uh, securities did escort them out of the venue. Um, was it a violent argument? It was not a violent argument. It, it was, they were just exchanging words. But security then came and basically escorted one group out. Now let's move to the incident of uh, April 8th, 2023. Are you aware of that incident? That incident, I do not recall, no. Now, with regards to each of these incidences, the, the incident of uh, March 5th, would you consider that a violent incident? March 5th, no. Okay. Um, with regards to the incident of um, April 8th, 2023, uh, did you witness anyone uh, being violent to another person? No, I did not witness that. Okay. You are familiar with the uh, good neighbor policy, aren't you? Um, yes. Are you aware that the good neighbor policy mandates you to make a report to the uh, commission of um, within 24 hours yes. of any violent incident. Correct. I have nothing further. Okay, charging party, you may cross-examine the witness. And you have five minutes. Mr. Montesinos, um, regarding the good neighbor policy, are you aware that number eight of the GNP requires that within 24 hours of either a violent incident or a call for service, that an incident report shall be submitted to the Entertainment Commission or SFPD? Yes. Thank you. And Mr. Montesinos, isn't it the case that you were cited for violating your security plan on September 4th of 2022, June 10th, 2023, July 1, 2023, August 6th, 2023, and September 2nd, 2023? Yes. Is it true that you did not contest any of those citations? Um, yeah, I did not contest any of those citations, correct. So then at this time, do you have any basis to now assert that those citations were unsubstantiated? Objection, that's argumentative. Some of them are. Uh, objection, there's an objection. That goes to argument. Um, I can reframe the question? Yeah, can you reframe it, please? 
Mr. Montesinos, would you agree that at the time of being issued the citation, since you didn't contest them, you were uh, agreeing that there were violations? Um, Again, I object that it calls for argument. Can you explain your objection, please? May I? Sorry. An objection that calls for argument is a question that wants this witness to testify and argue as to why he did not um, object to the uh, violations that he was given. It calls for an argument. Actually, the question. It was a factual question asking him for um, the the reason why he didn't contest the citations. Okay, I agree. Can you please answer the question? Okay. Um, well, in the one of the citations that I got was specifying in regards to uh, me not having a female guard. I on site. It is not within the security plan for me to have a, uh, a female guard on site, but I went ahead and still paid for it, you know, because I did note that there were other things on there that were being violated at the same time. Is it true that all patrons entering the club need to be patted down? They are being patted down, yes. Okay, thank you. And, it's, and it does not also say that all patrons need to be wanded, which... Uh, you're it, saying that your security plan does not outline that all it's, patrons it's, it must does, be wanded? It does outline the wanding, but it doesn't out, outline every patron being wanded. So, but are they are being... Every patron is being wanded now, and male and female are being wanded, and they are being, as, as always, they were being patted down and their bags checked. Okay. Um, commissioners, just to clarify that the purpose of the security plan was in fact to ensure that all patrons were in fact being patted down and wanted. Okay, Mr. Montesinos, um, regarding the incident that occurred on September 4th, 2022, did you testify that the victim walked to Stratos and the security provided aid to them? Yes, he walked back to Stratos. I'd like to point out that per the good neighbor policy number eight, that it indicates that any violent incident shall be reported by way of an incident report. Mr. Montesinos, would you agree that a victim wounded by a gunshot constitutes a violent incident? Um, yes. And on March 5th, 2023, is it true that SFPD was in fact called for service? You test, would you agree that you testified that on March 5th, 2023, SFPD was called for service? Yes. And on April 4th, 2023, is it true that you testified SFPD was called for service? Um, on the prior, on the previous one, yes, uh, SFPD was called for service because I, I happen to see them, but that does not mean that it was actually related to the nightclub or within the facility of the nightclub, because they never came to me at any point 
of that particular incident and say, hey, you know what, this and this happened because of the nightclub. Okay, and would you test, did you testify that on February 26, 2023, the SFPD responded to a call for service at the club and they entered the venue? I'm gonna go back to, to the exhibits over here. Um, what date was that again, I'm sorry? February 26, 2023. Yes. So Mr. Montesinos. Okay, thank you. Okay. Permit holder, do you have any redirect examination? Yes. Mr. Montesinos, I'm directing your attention to number eight of the good neighbor policy. Do you have that copy of that in front of you, please? Yes. Okay, I'm looking at it. You would agree with me, um, Asafida, that um, a shooting is a violent event, correct? Correct. Is it your understanding that a shooting that occurs outside of the radius that your permit allows you to control is a shooting that you need to report? Not outside of the premise, no. I have nothing further. Okay, so um, if there's nothing further, this witness is excused. Can I ask a question? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, please, commissioners, ask your questions. So um, exhibit, uh, was it exhibit F? is the um, revised security plan that was put in place um, as a result of the previous incident. And in it on page, it's labeled page nine, item number nine, the question is what are your door policies, e.g. pat downs, bag checks, metal detectors. And what's written in here as a description of your policy is it says door policy starts at 9 p.m., ID check, pat down, bag checks, metal detector wand, non-entry of patrons with visible intoxication, patrons are not allowed to enter after 1 a.m., no in and out, um, et cetera. So according to this, I read it that you ID check, you pat down, you bag check, and you metal detector wand. Correct. Everyone coming in after 9, is that correct? correct? Okay. Thank you. So that is your policy. So if somebody was not being patted down or wanted, that would be in violation of your security policy. Yes. Okay, thank you.
Okay, if there's nothing further for this witness, you are excused. Permit holder, do you, you may call your next witness. Um, uh, before we start, May, can we have a time check? Where are they in the 45 minutes? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Okay, thank you. Okay, raise your right hand. Do you solemnly state or affirm under penalty of perjury that the evidence you give in this matter shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Okay, thank you. Okay, charging party. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Sir, what's your position at Stratus Nightclub? My dad is the owner and I work as a bartender. Your dad is the owner? Mm -hmm. And you work as a bartender? Bartender. And um, with regards to the incidences um, that have been detailed in Exhibit M, do you have that exhibit in front of you? Yeah. May I approach the witness and confirm that he's got the exhibit? You've got him, him, this one. Yeah. And directing your attention to um, exhibit M, with regards to each and every one of these incidences labeled uh, exhibits, uh, incidents A through G, were you at all of these times present at Stratus nightclub when these incidences occurred? I was. Did you personally observe each of these incidences as a percipient witness? Yes. Now, let me quickly ask you some questions. You're aware that um, you don't have much work as a bartender in dealing with people coming into the nightclub, right? Right. From where the bar is located, can you see the entrance of the nightclub? Mm, yes. Are you aware that at some point in time you had been yeah. asked by the commission to take a look at your security plan on the business? Okay, let me strike that. This is a family business, right? Correct. Do you discuss everything about the business with your father and I take it Mr. Montesinos is yes. your brother? We do. Are you aware that they had been asked to uh, review their security plan? Yes. Do you know whether or not they did? I'm sorry? Do you know whether or not they did? 
do you know whether or not the nightclub reviewed the security plans that were presented to them by the commission? Yes. Now, from the position where you are at, at the bar, could you observe what's going on inside of the club? 50%. 50%? Yes. They are the 50% you're serving drinks, right? Exactly. Fair enough. Now, there came a time when um, June 10th, 2023, that's Exhibit G. <laughs> you were in the club on that day? Yes. And um, could you tell us what happened? That day I was at the bar. Um, this is the... I was at the bar that day. There was an accident uh, on the girls' bathroom, and then um, there was a shooting out of nowhere. But then um, the guy who I was was shot, I was um, I was by by him because um, I'm a dental assistant, so I know how to do CPR and all that. So I stayed by him until emergency comes. How long have you worked at the nightclub? Five years. You would agree with me generally that if you serve alcohol to people, sometimes they misbehave, right? Yes. Have you had incidences of people misbehaving inside of the club? Not, well, normally, no. Not a lot of accidents happen in the club. Other than security guards that are stationed outside at the entrance to the club, are there any security guards inside of the club? Yes. And what is their role? I'm sorry? What is their role? If something happened, there's a fight, they're going to get involved and separate or get them out. And the incidents of June 10th, 2023, when gunfire erupted inside of the club, that was an aberrancy, wasn't it? Yes. No further questions. Charging party, you may cross-examine the witness. Okay. Commissioners, do you have any questions for the witness? Okay. Is there anything further for this witness? If not, the witness is excused. Okay. Permit holder, you may call your next witness. I don't know. Um, let him in. 
I so it looks like it's N. A, looks like it's an abbreviation, John or John Carlo, but it's. Um, for the caller on the attendees in Zoom, is Jean Carlos here? Can you please raise your hand? Is there a reason why he's not in attendance? Oh yeah, there he is. Excuse me. Okay. On another joke item, so I'm going to let him in. Okay. Sorry. Is it okay if we let him in? Yeah, but I, I'm just curious. Why isn't he here in person? Can you can you come up here, please? He is actually head of security, and uh, he's basically working on a robbery case at the time that he was actually coming back in here to the uh, to the hearing. So he actually manages other locations as well. But he was being a, I guess he was writing a report and being a witness to a robbery case into, I think, in the city of Oakland. Okay, so is he on duty right now? I think he's on duty at the same time. But he couldn't make it on time to, to the hearing when, when, he, when he advised. Okay, um, so charging party, do you, are you guys okay with one of their witnesses being off-site and virtually participating? No, we, I mean, we don't like that. We can't even see who this person is, nor can we see that they're raising their, their hand and testifying that they're doing this under penalty of perjury. But they'll be on Zoom. We can see them. It's my understanding if you're participating in the hearing that you need to be here in person. Then we have no further witnesses. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so d uh, does the permit holder rest his case? Excuse me? I can't hear you. Are we going to be allowed to give a closing? Yes, you will be giving a closing. Okay. Okay. Does the charging party wish to f present rebuttal evidence? If so, please call the first rebuttal witness. It does not look like it. Um, just for clarity's sake, is this our rebuttal argument in, in full? It's um, your opportunity to present rebuttal evidence. If you don't have any, okay, we can move on to closing. Yeah, we, we can move on. Okay, thank you. Okay, charging party may now give its closing arguments. Come on back. Thank you. And so this is the clarity um, point that I needed, actually. So after the permit holder gives their closing argument, we have one more chance to rebut. That's correct? Thank you. All right. Yes. Okay. 
Commissioners, as you've heard tonight, there have been three shootings inside and immediate, immediately in front of Stratos nightclub in the last 18 months, along with an additional four visits by SFPD in response to violent incidents. Although Entertainment Commission staff have worked in partnership with SFPD and the city attorney's office to ensure safety at the venue, the permit holder has repeatedly violated their permit conditions, including their security plan. As you've heard tonight, there are grounds not only for a suspension of this place of entertainment permit, but also a revocation. The permittee has continuously failed to comply with sections 1060 and 1070 of police code and poses a true threat to the community with their ongoing violent incidents and lack of safety practices. Following the most recent shooting, Stratos management admitted to violating their security plan. While no permit violations are acceptable, the most egregious violation the permittee admitted to was that their metal detector wand was not used on the night of June 10th, 2023, nor could he tell us the last time it had been used at the time. This is especially alarming as we know the gunman entered the club on June 10th and could have been stopped at the door had they been following their security plan protocols. Further, many of the security plan requirements Stratos violated on June 10th were added to their security plan per my director's order in response to the violent incident last year on September 4th, 2022, in order to try and prevent future violent incidents. Since the most recent director's 72-hour suspension for public safety was issued on June 30th, 2023, Entertainment Commission staff have followed up and performed 10 inspections, finding that on three of these visits, the permit holder was still out of compliance with their permit conditions. While an improvement, this does not alleviate the need to impose the requested permit suspension. Stratos's repeat violations require a clear message that non-compliance will result in consequences. As director of the Entertainment Commission, I therefore request that the Entertainment Commission revoke place of entertainment permit EC 1452 under police code sections 1060.20.4 and 1070.20 based on the permittee's repeated failures to comply with its security plan leading to multiple violent incidents at the premises. Again, they have proven they can't even comply with their security plan conditions when they weren't allowed to host entertainment leading up to this hearing. Nor have they been able to show responsive management after the occurrence of each subsequent incident we've outlined this evening. I rest my case. Thank you. Okay, permit holder, you may give your closing argument. Thank you very much um, for giving me an opportunity to address these issues. The, the thrust of the uh, case against my clients is that they have failed to um, do what they were told to do with regards to security. Even the best security is not fail safe. Even the best security is not fail safe. People would sneak a weapon if they can into almost anywhere. However, 
I'd like to call your attention to something, Exhibit 1. On September 21st, 2022, Kathleen Azevedo, who was a witness in this case, sent an email to my client. It says, hi, Cesar, we have reviewed and approved your revised security plan. Attached is your amended POE permit, which reflects a few new permit conditions. Along with a final copy of your security plan for reference. Now, I submit to you that if my client had not done what he was told to do, that email would not have come from them that says, we approve your security plan. So not putting the security plan into place is not the issue because it was approved by them. Now, there are serious issues with regards to gunshots inside of the um, nightclub. Again, I say, nothing is foolproof. Any crazy, mentally deranged person can find a way to sneak a weapon anywhere. Yes, my client did not report that. But failure to report an incident is not something that is so egregious that they must lose their license and their way of uh, earning a living. Not reporting alone. The incident of June 2023 was bad. I agree with you. But what could the clients have done to avoid that? They could have wondered. But I think his testimony was the wind wasn't working that day. They replaced it. But everything, anything could be fail-proof. So is it their fault that some crazy fool walked into the nightclub uh, that day to terrorize people? Probably they were negligent. My clients were. They will admit to negligence. And since then, they have become very strict with their security since that June incident. I ask that you consider these facts. I ask that you consider the fact that my client's security um, plans were approved and an email was sent to them saying, we approve it. If the commission had any disagreement with the, the plans that they had suggested, would they have approved it? I submit that the answer to that is no. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, the charging party may give rebuttal argument. Okay, good evening. Thank you for the opportunity to rebut the closing argument of the permit holder. Um, I just wanted to respond to the fact that um, 
The permit holder's attorney continues to bring up this revised security plan. As you all know, it is within my power as director of the Entertainment Commission to issue a director's order to comply with the revised security plan when a premises is not meeting their conditions to ensure safety of a venue. So this was the case in September of last year that this premises had a violent incident because their security plan could not um, meet the standards to ensure safety at the venue. So due to that, we helped them create a security plan that would be robust enough to safeguard the venue from future incidents. Um, as you can see, that our security plan would have potentially helped our permit, our permit holder from actually having a violent incident again in June that resulted in a homicide um, had they actually complied with that uh, revised order for the new security plan, but they did not. Um, and as the permit holder's representative just spoke to all of you, they admitted to negligence on all of those occasions that we outlined this evening. And just for, for note for all of you, the June 10th violations were not just the lack of wanding, they also can, failed to comply with their security plan conditions, um, resulting in that um, very terrible incident. Um, and also just wanted to respond to the fact that the permit holder is outlining the fact that even the best security is not fail safe um, and that people would bring in weapons wherever they could. I just don't think that that's the case. We oversee a thousand permits here in San Francisco. Um, this is the first time as director, I have brought a revocation to this body. This is egregious. Uh, this is not something that we do um, all the time, not at all. This is, this is very important that you all really look at this case um, and use your best judgment here. Um, that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank the parties for their presentation. Oh, sorry. One last thing, um, just to be clear. So with respect to the evidence that were presented, um, submitted, um, Madam President, that's for charging party, it's exhibits A through R. And for the permit holder exhibits one, one to two, um, are you ruling that those are all admitted as evidence or does anyone have any objection? I, I recommend asking the parties whether um, they have any objections or if those, all of those exhibits are admitted. Oh, did you admit them? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. So you did admit them. Okay. All right. Yeah, they we're all in the pre-filing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I would like to thank the parties for their presentations. The evidentiary portion of the hearing is now concluded, and the commission takes the case under submission for deliberations and possible decision.
Okay. I invite the commissioners to begin deliberation of this matter. As a reminder, we are here to decide whether the charging party has met their burden that one or more of the grounds for revocation enumerated in section 1060.20.1A applies and that considerations of public safety warrant revocation of Stratos's permit taking into account the five considerations set forth in sections 1060.20.4A4, 1070.20A4 of the police code. Regarding the first ground for suspension, did the permit holder or its agents or its agent or employee fail to comply with a condition placed on the permit SF Police Code Sections 1060.20.1A4. Regarding the second ground for suspension, did the permit holder or its agent or employee fail to comply with their revised security plan as required by Section 1060.32 SF Police Code Sections 1060.20.1A6? Regarding the considerations of public safety, the five factors to consider under police code sections 1060.20.4A4, 1070.20A4 are 1. The history of violence and other public safety problems associated with the operation of business. 2. Pattern of the permittee's non-compliance with the security plan requirements imposed by law or as a condition of the permit. Three, the frequency of the permittee's violations of other provisions of law or permit conditions which violations have contributed to violence or other public safety problems associated within the operation of the business. Four, the degree to which the permittee's action or inaction has been responsible for violence and other public safety problems associated with the operation of the business, and five, the degree to which the city through the Entertainment Commission, director, police department, or otherwise has notified the permittee of the violence or other public safety problems associated with the operation of the business and or of the need to take action to reduce such problems and the promptness and efficacy of the permittee's responses. So who wants to start? Commissioners? I can start. Um, I just want to say this is not a decision that I don't, any of us take lightly. We understand this is your livelihood and hearing from a lot of the public commenters, it really struck me how much it is a hub for the Latino community. But at the same time, I also have to consider the severity and frequency of the violent incidences here, as well as the fact that I think the homicide may have been preventable. The most, the recent homicide may have been preventable if the security condi plan conditions had been met. Um, so for me, I do trust and um, I do trust in the recommendation of our entertainment commission staff and president and I'm, I support the revocation. 
Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we got a lot of information tonight that, which was important to know, but like for me, my decision is, comes down to just a few bits of the, um, of the information that we received, like a few specific things. And the one thing we don't, nobody can deny is that, you know, three people were shot inside of a permit holder in San Francisco. Um, that permit holder was that night out of compliance with a already revised security plan, which had specifically been designed and put in place by this commission in order to prevent exactly an incident like that from happening and it wasn't being followed. And specifically, the, the wand itself in this case seemed to be a very crucial part of that in that you know in other cases if somebody's not following a security plan you might say oh they're supposed to have six guards they only had five could something have been prevented it's very kind of amalgamous or unclear but in this case you know if they had wanted everyone who walked in and somebody had tried to and that person had you know attempted to enter the front door with a firearm presumably the wand would have found it um, I also think that, you know, whether or not the permit holder was aware that they needed to reach out to this, the, the Entertainment Commission whenever there was a police report or a um, call for service in their immediate vicinity is kind of irrelevant to the fact that they actually just need to. Um, and that that's what they sign on to when they get their permit their permit is codified in law and whether or not you need to or not uh, or the, you knew exactly how that meant it's 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 kind of shocking to me that so many incidences occurred that we were not informed of and then for me the you know the 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 fact that they were still out of compliance in some way even after three people were shot inside of the club um is uh it's it's it doesn't fill me with any confidence that the permit holder is able to operate in with the security plan and i don't know why that is but it, it they just don't seem a able to do it for some reason and so um i am supportive revocation in support of revocation in this case um though i don't take that choice lightly um and i know how uh impactful that is on a business and people's lives i do want to point out and this is not a it's probably not much to hang your hat on but um the permittee is not precluded from applying for a new permit eventually so uh, this is not a permanent just not necessarily a permanent situation but i think uh, certainly in this case it warrants it yeah i will say i agree with my commissioners in supporting the revocation um here i feel like you know this is um, while it may be true that 
even a good security plan followed completely can't actually prevent something like, you know, the pulse shooting, for example. Um, that is not a reason not to have and to follow a robust and clear security plan. And in fact, that is our best defense against people coming into our venues and shooting people or other violent incidents and saying we can't prevent everything is not a reason to not prevent what violence we can prevent and ensuring that our venues are as safe as possible um, for the people who go into them. And again, I also fall back on the the pattern, you know, we had incidents last year, revised the security plan specifically to address the incidents that happened last year. And then that plan, and there was a fair amount of back and forth on that plan as is, you know, visible in these emails. There was, you know, additional information was asked for the commission worked uh, you know, closely with the permittee to develop a security plan that then it seems like was very quickly not followed. And so it's, you know, makes me question sort of the good faith of coming to us, working on a security plan to address an issue and then, on, and then not following it to the extent that other violent incidents are happening um, and people are getting shot. You know, the fact that as recently as August 5th, the security plan wasn't being followed um, does not make me feel like, uh, you know, that there's a lot of um, trust in uh, the permittee's ability to follow the security plan and keep people in the venue safe in the way that the security plan, if it were followed, would. So, um, yeah, I will join my colleagues who've spoken so far in supporting the revocation. And I, you know, I recognize that this is a place where people find community and it hurts me to have to close down a place that people clearly find community and family in. Um, and I hear that. And, uh, I think it's, you know, we have to balance that out with the ability of a, a business owner and a venue operator um, in keeping everybody safe. Uh, so as hard as it is to, to be a party to, you know, taking away a, a entertainment permit from a place that clearly does provide community, I think we also need to look to the larger issues of safety for everyone. So. That's where I stand. Yeah, I uh, I think as it's laid out, it's pretty simple. Um, I will support the revocation because you were completely out of compliance, and this has been laid out very clearly by our staff. What stands out to me, however, is that this is a um, community gathering space, and the hypothesizing and splitting of hairs and conjecture on the part of the permit holders and their legal representation just demonstrate to me that the best interest of the community is not something that you hold, that you are exploitive of this community. And I would highly suggest that you get out of this business. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you're going to do this, President Camino, but um, I just wanted to just rather than wax poetic as I had to is kind of go through the, the questions that they provided just to, to say. So um, I don't know if that was your plan, but um, I just realized that, that, that it's, it's more clearly laid out than just my rambling thoughts, which I think are relevant, but maybe not as specific. But um, Yeah, I, I do want to just say one thing before we go into um, our, our decision tree here. Um, so I'm born and raised in District 11. I am from the Excelsior. And the one thing that I say is that the residents of that area deserve so much better in terms of a neighbor who respects their safety. I remember when you guys came into commission for your permit and you said that the, that the, that the neighborhood, there was nothing there. There are residents there. You are across the street from a church. You are across the street from a skate park where there are tweens, teens, and young adults who use that space. You're located by a police station, the BART station, and multiple schools in that area. And if you do not take seriously the fact that you are responsible for the safety of the community, it's shocking. And I appreciate the folks who came in during public testimony to express their joy and celebration that they experience in your space. But one thing we are not going to be okay with is taking safety lightly, especially in this neighborhood, which is filled with families. Okay. So, um, Vice President Blyman. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it. So just personally, um, the, you know, they, they provided some, the, the attorneys provided some questions for us to consider. And what, one, it's the more paraphrased version, but it, um, so there's basically two grounds for suspension and then grounds for revocation. So there's like three steps. And the first is to, to me, and I'll just answer my questions and, um, and I'll put forward a motion. Did the charging party provide approved by a preponderance of evidence that the permit holder failed to comply with their approved security plan and good neighbor policy that um, that was uh, that was very clear to me that they did fail to do that so I move that the charging party proved by a preponderance of evidence that the permit holder failed to comply with their security policy and good neighbor policy in violation of section 1060.21.1 a4 of the police code uh, that's a motion. Second. Um, uh, question for our council. Do we vote on these individually or all at once, or do we vote as they come up one at a time? Individually. Individually. Yep. Okay. Okay. Time for a vote. President Camino. Aye. Vice President Blyman. Aye. Commissioner Thomas. Aye. Commissioner Torres. Aye. And Commissioner Wong. Aye. All right, number two, uh, and I'll just go right to the motion because it, it's pretty much identical with the, the question. So um, I move that, that the charging party prove by a preponderance of evidence that the permit holder failed to comply with their revised security plan as required by section 1060.32 in violation of 160.20.1A6. That's my motion. Seconded. 
Okay. President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wang? Aye. All right. And then finally, the second factor for revocation, I move that the charging party proved by preponderance of evidence that considerations of public safety warrant revocation of the permit, taking into account the five considerations set forth in 1060.20.4A4 and 1070.20A4. Seconded. President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wang? Aye. So under, um, commissioners, under your rules, um, you do have to issue a written decision um, within 15 days of the hearing or of the date final written presentations or supplemental filings or submissions are due. I recommend that the, oh, I'm sorry, let me, um, one second. You have one more motion. That's right. I'll make the motion. I move that the commission revoke Stratos' permit pursuant to police code articles 15.1 and 15.2 because the commission has found that one or more grounds for suspicion, suspension enumerated in section 1060.20.1A applies and considerations of public safety warrant revocation of the permit. Yep. Second. Second. Okay, I'm gonna have Commissioner Torres a second. So, um, President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Uh, Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. There's no more script. Okay, so the motion carried. The commission has revoked Stratos's permit. Uh, I just just to reiterate. So under the commission rules, uh, rule twelve, um, the commission shall um, issue a written decision of of their findings and decision. Um, and I recommend that the Charging party, oh, I'm sorry, May, when is the next board meeting? So the next meeting uh, should be on the 3rd of October. So I recommend that the charging party prepare a proposed findings 
and that I recommend that the charging party then share those that draft findings to the permit holder two weeks before the next board hearing and give the permit holder an opportunity to 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 make comments um so the next board hearing is exactly two weeks from today. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, sorry. Um, then I recommend one week from the hearing, and and then I recommend that the commission um, adopt the findings or uh, make a decision on the finding, the written findings and determination at the next board hearing, board meeting, I'm sorry. Clarify, are we, are we um, sharing with the permit holder to what sort of feedback should the charging party be seeking from the permit holder? Just an opportunity to respond to the draft determinations. And then both both are both the charging party submission and their response would be provided to the commission or yes I, I would recommend that both um, to the extent that there are disagreements um, however I would recommend that the parties work to okay. submit hopefully a stipulated findings but if not that the parties would provide their um, their own Give me one second. I just So that, that's my recommendation. Okay, is there a motion on council's recommendation? So moved. Seconded. So just to be clear, this is that the charging party will write a findings document, share it with the, to paraphrase, this isn't the motion, share it with the permit holder and that we will then we will have an additional vote vote in the next hearing on that yep okay second it uh and i would uh, i would recommend that in the findings that um that it states when the revocation is um is effective because that then um triggers their appeal time um i just want to be clear so we could also that you know one way is to do what I just recommended. The second is to um, revoke now, um, but the board would then recite their findings um, and then have the written findings prepared and issued to the parties 
uh, five days from or maybe fri this Friday, um, September 22nd. 15 days under the, the rules? Yes, um, although I think that the court of, a, the, the, the date to file an appeal before the Board of Appeals is 10 days from the decision, is that? Oh, I see. Okay. And so I, even though that the rules say 15 days, um, we might want, the, the commission might want to issue the decision earlier than the 15 days to allow for, um, because of the, the 10 day uh, appeal rule. I see. So it sounds like it's a question for the commission whether you, you know, feel sufficient urgency to do the revocation now and then sort of expedite the findings or versus putting off the revocation decision until the next meeting. Correct. Did, did, was that clear? So we could, uh, so the commission could either revoke now and recite their findings um, and, and issue a written finding within I want, I, I mean, I recommend giving, uh, uh, trying to issue the written findings as soon as possible um, because the, the time to file an appeal before the Board of Appeals is 10 days. And so the two options are you either revoke now and um, recite um, on the record the substance of the written findings and that that written findings would be issued within, I, I would recommend maybe five days or until Friday, um, and that that written determination would essentially um, memorialize what you've decided today. Um, or you could hold off on uh, the revocation decision and have what I had proposed earlier, which is to have the parties work out of written findings and then the board would make, uh, would either adopt or make changes to that uh, written findings at the, late, at the next meeting. If we were to proceed with revocation today and, you, and as you mentioned, we would have to um, verbally memorialize our findings to then be written down now. Do we need more findings than what we've already discussed or is that sufficient to move forward? I think we have sufficient findings. I think the, 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 the point is that, that it would put the onus on, I believe, the charging party to then get that written document to them by Friday, which is a couple, right? And do, uh, oh no, no sorry, what you, uh, to be clear. So if we, if the board were to revoke now we could have, we could, uh, or the commission could direct the commission secretary to prepare to memorialize the findings of the board. Yeah, and they would need to get that out quickly so that they, the, the permittee would have the proper amount to appeal if Correct. they so choose. Is this amenable to the secretary? Given the amount of documentation we have in the filing and evidence already, it seems like a simple regurgitation I, I I hope so but yes nothing and simple ever but but I, that would be my my that, that's my preference yeah I think we just do it that now would, so we don't so then I would withdraw my motion correct 
So right. we have a new motion to. Okay, so I would move for us to revoke today and direct staff to prepare the findings and have them issued by this Friday. Is that? Uh, I would recommend that you recite what the, the essence of the findings are. And, and the essence of the findings would be a reflection of the four motions that we just made. <laughs> that makes sense to prior. me. Prior. Except they would need a little bit more factual background, probably, which could be supported by the factual there. background that was discussed <laughs> throughout. Um, so I guess, I guess what they're asking, and I think just for process, is if we're going to do it now, that we should. Uh, I don't know if we have to re-vote on the motions or just provide some factual background now, maybe go through these one by one and explain facts to support the, the. You don't need to go through the motions again, okay. um, but I would recommend um, at least reciting your yeah, uh, uh, the facts. What what and and you can um, state which facts you found to be relevant or um, persuasive, or or what 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 facts you want so, to include. Um, to I, specifically for just like I mean, I, I feel like we're doing this because we're trying to give the permittee the you know sort of maximum time available for them to prepare an appeal, appeal should they yeah. want to, which I agree we should give them as much time as possible. But I don't want us to be neglecting anything in the statement of facts that we might otherwise include or otherwise be sort of rushing through that. So do we feel like we can do all of that now or? I, I, my question is, um, um, how specific on the facts do we need to be? Because, like, for example, I could say, you know, on the first one, we said the charging party proved that the evidence of the permit failed to comply with their good security plan and good neighbor policy. I could say on September 2nd, 2022, June 10, 2023, and July 1st, twenty. If I may, I would suggest yeah. instead we say, based on the facts presented yeah. in the director of en the Entertainment Commission's complaint for revocation and refer to from pages 1 through 10. If that's if that suffices, I'm totally fine with that. I just want I want to make sure we we we, we dot right. our I's and cross our T's. I uh, think this suffices. Yeah, I think that's okay. You want, I don't, do the lawyers think this? Yeah, can I have a motion? <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, so all now right. restate the motion. motion. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One more time. I would like to move to revoke the permit tonight um the stratos entertainment permit tonight um based on the four motions that we made and direct and and based on the facts as stated in the director of the entertainment commission's complaint pages one through ten and direct staff to um prepare all of that in writing in the form of a what is the findings document findings and findings document by this friday I will second that. Can we have a vote, please? Yes. Um, President Camino? Aye. Vice President Blyman? Aye. Commissioner Thomas? Aye. Commissioner Torres? Aye. And Commissioner Wong? Aye. OK, 
Okay, the motion passes. Okay. Thank you. All right, um, we are moving on to agenda item number nine. This item is to allow commissioners to introduce agenda items for future consideration and to make announcements. I, I don't want to beleaguer anything, but I just want to make one request to staff that we have as an agenda item the um, challenges of bona fide identification and the variations that are coming up and how to best assess that for permit holders within our purview so that they can do their jobs correctly. You know, it would be great if that is Ben Van Houten. I think that's a good idea, but that's okay. kind of it. Yeah, he can, we can ask okay. them to ask him. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. maybe to ask uh, Ben Van Houten about that. Okay. That's a good idea. They were going to ask him anyway. <laughs> it was going to happen anyway. We're going to volunteer him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Commissioners, anything else? I just want to say thank you to the commission staff who worked on this and thank the Stratos community for showing up and thank our representatives from the city attorney's office. We appreciate all of you. Thank you. Yeah, it's clear from the size of these binders how much work went into this. So thanks. Thank you to our city attorneys for joining us. Um, today was hard. It's not easy to revoke a permit. It's not in our DNA to do that. Um, I have I have one more announcement um, from my cultural district hat is that we are having um, a advisory board cohort election for the Castro Cultural District on October 1st. So there are five um, representatives of the community that um, anyone who lives in the nine Bay Area counties can vote for at the Castro Street Fair. And just a reminder that this weekend is Folsom Street Fair and encourage everyone to show up and have a fun and healthy time at Folsom Street, one of our largest street fairs. All right. Okay, is there any public comment on this item? No public comment on this item. Okay. What is adjourn the meeting. This meeting is adjourned at 10.04 p.m. Recording stop.